0: Hey guys, welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Now, this is the last episode of the season previews. It's going to be a big one now. Last time I said it was going to be a big one uh, and it took me 40 minutes, which wasn't actually too bad. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. With two people, it's obviously going to be a big one here. And look at all the clubs we're doing. The Broncos, the Cowboys, the Warriors, the Bulldogs, the Dragons, and the Manly Seagulls. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Uh, Make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy this absolute banger of a podcast, the last season preview uh, before the season gets underway, before the season 2023. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know that Evo Sports still have their packs of Oz tags. They've got awesome, awesome kits and they're not only Oztag kits, they're waterproof Oztag kits. You can play it down the beach, you can play it at the park, you can play it literally everywhere. They've got the tags, the belts, the cones, and a waterproof football to come with the entire kit as well. You get to choose the color of the tags as well. I really loved that feature when I was buying myself uh, some tags from evosportsco.com.au. It's an absolutely beautiful. Beautiful kit there. Uh, love playing a bit of Oztag, especially down the beach. It makes it even more fun. It raises the stakes as well. Now, if your mate's a kick and he loves to kick the ball into the water just to be a dickhead, uh, they've got the waterproof footies, waterproof and completely a dickhead-proof as well. So make sure you get yourself a Oz Oztag kit from evosportsco.com.au. Use the code bigles 10 to get yourself 10% off. 10% off, it is almost robbery. BIGLEZ10. Make sure you use it before it runs out, guys. Evosportscode.com.au. Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. It's the last episode of the season previews, guys. Can you believe it? Can you believe Hayden stuck with me for this long? Um, very excited for this one. It's going to be a super long one as well. We've got six teams here, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Warriors, the Sharks, the Dragons, and the Manly Seagulls. But first... Uh, I'll introduce my good mate Hayden here, the True Blue Sporting Podcast. How you been, mate? How's your week been?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. Um, You know, the week before footy, um, some would say even better than grand final week. Um, In the last episode of the season previews means that, you know, we're we're storming towards round one. So that's always a good thing, but uh, looking forward to getting stuck into this one.
0: Still can't believe round one is this Thursday, mate. Super pumped, super excited. But let's get straight into these teams. We'll start off with the Brisbane Broncos. Now, geez, mate, in the offseason, they've been in the headlines quite a bit. Or even at the, most, mostly at the start, um, I should say. Uh, mostly at the start of the offseason, they were definitely in the papers, obviously. Uh, a few things going uh, going wrong at the club internally. Uh, we'll talk about some of the gains and then a heap of losses here as well, mate. We'll go through the gains first. So obviously, Jesse Arthur's he was on a loan deal um to the Warriors. Now he's been brought back to the Broncos, which I think is massive for them. Um talk to me about Jesse Arthur's mate. Is he someone that you see potentially maybe getting a crack in the starting in the starting team? Or do you think he's gonna be a depth player? Um well he had a good trial against the Gold Coast.
1: Um, but, yeah, he's probably a depth signing for them. The fact that they uh, let him go out, go out on loan uh, to the Warriors probably shows that uh, he's probably a, a little bit surplus to requirements at the Brisbane Broncos on the, on the edges. But, you know, Jesse Arthur a, is a very handy uh, replacement to come into that back line if one of their, their stars do go down, uh, the likes of Cobo, uh, Farmworth. Um, those guys, uh, he's able to, to fill that gap if needed. Uh, I wouldn't have him starting round one, uh, but it's a very, very solid replacement if, if there are injuries in, that, in those positions.
0: You are right, mate. They did have a pretty decent trial. He did have a pretty decent trial against the Gold Coast, uh, but a great depth player there, very talented as well. I think he did well at the Warriors as well when he was over there. Um, So a pretty decent depth player. Uh, Jock Madden from the West Tigers, you'd be a bit filthy about this one. We were obviously talking about it uh, the other week and why the Tigers would have let him go. Um, Talk to me about him coming to the Brisbane Broncos Certainly, a great depth player, and obviously if Ezra Mam. You know, he doesn't have the best start to the year. Could we say Jock Madden maybe snatch that sixth role?
1: Yeah, Jock is is a fantastic player. He's an Australian schoolboy. Uh, he's he's had um, sprinkling of of experience in first grade. I think um, he's gone to to Brisbane to sort of get that opportunity. He sees that there's probably a way in with Ezra Mam there. Man was fantastic in his rookie season, but the thing with rookies is their second year and and how they can maintain uh, where they sort of set the standard, and that would be that that'll be Ezra Man's challenge coming into this season, and and with someone like Jock there putting pressure, uh, it's it's really important for the the halves room of of the Brisbane Broncos, but also Adam Reynolds. There's no there's no um illusion that that he is um likely to miss a few games this year through injury. So to have someone as capable as Jock Madden there and waiting in the wings, he can go in and execute, execute a game plan as a game managing half, uh, you know, very, very well. So I, I think it's a good pickup for Brisbane. Um, you know, if, if we look at, uh, we spoke about the impact it would sort of have uh, with, with the Tigers a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but for, for Brisbane, it's a handy pickup, uh, obviously with the loss of Tyson Gamble as well. Uh, you, you think it's probably a luck for life replacement in their roster uh, with him coming in.
0: Yeah, I agree, mate. I think he's going to be fantastic, Jock Madden. Um, And yeah, as you said, he can definitely slot in and do a job there for the Brizzy Bronx. Uh, Reese Walsh is another guy that's come into the system, but obviously he's injured. He's done his eye socket or at least a part of his eye socket there. Um, so he'll be out for round one. I've got two questions for you here, mate. Obviously losing a guy like Jermaine Asako will hurt them obviously with Reese Walsh being out uh, they'll probably have to go with a guy like Selwyn Cobbo, I would assume at fullback my question for you is who would you put at fullback for the first few rounds depending on how long Reese Walsh takes to recover from this one um yeah and what do you what's the impact that he's going to have when he does come back for this team this season
1: i think you'd, you'd try Cobbo back there there's obviously been whispers the whole time he's coming to first grade, the natural progression for his career is to spend majority of his career out at, at the back of fullback, um. And it's easier to sort of um to put him back there. Know that Reese Walsh will be back, and and that's their long term fullback. That's who they've signed to play in that fullback jersey. And I think Reese Walsh can can potentially have a, have a really good impact for for Brisbane. The only worries that I have is, is defensively. Uh, he is in comparison to a lot of fullbacks in the competition, quite a smaller body. Uh, so when um, defending on the line, situations like that, that, that's probably the biggest concern and development for for uh, Reese Walsh, uh, continuing in his, in his career, kind of took a backward step uh, last year after a bursty on the scene. So I think it'll work uh, in, in Brisbane, but you know they've, they've got to be given time and yeah, I think Cobo probably gets a crack at round one. Who are you looking at uh, in that fullback jersey?
0: Look, man, I'd have to agree. I don't think they've got many options there. Obviously, as I said before, with a guy like James Jermaine Sarko um, going to the Dolphins now. Uh David Maid's also out. Tamara Martin's also out. I mean, they haven't got they haven't really left themselves with many options here. Um, so yeah, I would have to agree. I think that Cobo would probably get the crack. Um uh, I am a little bit worried, obviously, with the error count in the Indigenous game as well coming into this year. It was a sort of a concern that we were having uh, for the Brisbane Broncos. You know, is Cobo going to sort of mature and, and maybe get those errors out of his game during the offseason? Um, but look, yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit concerned putting him in such a key role early, this early on in the season as well. I know it's only temporary, um, but look, I, I mean, Looking at the Broncos draw, I mean, they don't have the most friendly draw either to start the year. Um, yeah, I I I don't know, mate. I think it's pretty much the only option they really do have. Um, but I think Kobe will do a good job. I mean, I don't want to talk down on the guy. He's a great player and, and as you said, very, very talented. I think he can definitely get the job done. It's just, you know, balancing out those errors, hopefully not getting many errors um in these games as well that he does get an opportunity to play fullback. Uh just Reese Walsh. Get make the Origin squad this year?
1: No, I don't think so. I think um, there's too many too many players uh, in, in key positions for Queensland that are there in front of him. Kalen Ponga, although he's transitioned into the five eight role this year with Newcastle, you'd imagine with his performances in the Origin arena, he'll he'll retain the one spot. Um, and then you look at Jersey fourteen. I just don't think he's got that big enough uh, frame to play Jersey fourteen in Origin. Uh, but he'll, he'll definitely. Uh, if he comes back from from this injury and hits the ground running, I think he's. I think probably the main thing for for Reese Walsh at the moment uh, is focusing on getting his form right for Brisbane. Uh, once he gets his form right for Brisbane, that that'll all look after itself. But transitioning to a new club, uh, the expectation from, from from me would be that he's just looking to settle into to the system, the structures that are in place, and um, you know, if, uh, rep honors are in his future. Um. There's no doubt that he is a rep, rep player of the future. I just don't think it'll be within this 12 months.
0: Yeah, look, it's an interesting one, mate. I think he could definitely have the potential of making this squad. But as you say, there's too many guys in key positions. And uh, look, I guess if we go down the scenario of a knock wood as well, you know, if Karen Munster gets injured again, or, you know, if Carolyn Ponga, you know, maybe doesn't exceed our expectations this year and, and Billy Slater goes for a different outfit, I could definitely see him maybe slotting in somewhere. But uh, look, if Callum Ponga hits the ground running, if obviously Cameron Munster doesn't get injured, I think that yeah, there's really not much much room for him in the starting 17. But look, it would be an interesting one. I think it's definitely one I'll be watching out for. I think that he definitely has the potential to. We've uh, just, we just got to see if he hits the ground running, as you said. And if he does, I think he definitely has the potential to be in the squad. So uh, it will definitely be something I have to watch out for. Martin Tepau. Uh, I think his experience in the forward pack is going to be absolutely huge, especially with the forward pack they're building, the leaders they're building in the forward pack. You look at Carrigan, uh, I would say Payne Haas before some things happened was, you know, I would say a leader in this side in terms of the forward pack. Um, What, what does Martin to power bring to this Broncos outfit?
1: Uh, I think he takes a lot of pressure off, off those two guys that you just mentioned uh, for, for, for long periods of time, there definitely in the, the early part of Haas's career, it's been him in the middle middle third of the field, and he's been the only real one there. We saw Carrigan step up in a massive way last season, and you can probably uh look at the demise of Brisbane for a lack of better word, uh the back end of last season and their their drop off to the fact Carrigan spent a lot of that on the sideline through a suspension, um on a tackle of, of Jackson Hastings. Um, towards the end of the year, and without them, they they looked rudderless, quite frankly. So to have someone like Tapau able to have that experience, he's played in big games in the competition. He's, um, you know, he's a fantastic front row. Probably fell off a little bit last year and um, didn't play his best footy. But the fact that he's going to Brisbane to to mentor these young young forwards, they've still got a, such a young forward pack. Um, Brisbane. that uh, someone like Marty Power coming into that forward pack is going to do them the world of good and, and take so much pressure off Carrigan
0: and Haas. I think people forget how good Martin Topow is as a front rower. I think people really do forget that. I think I would say, and and you might disagree, but I think he might have had a bit of pressure on him uh, at the Manly Seagulls. I think that's pretty much listed off his shoulders now, especially during that contract period. He's trying to get a new contract with the club and they just weren't budging. Uh, and he sort of felt that pressure a little bit towards the back end of his time at Manly. Uh, I think at the Broncos, he's going to be fantastic. I'd assume he'd come off the bench. I don't think he's going to start, at least not at the start of the year. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think actually about that? Do you think Martin Power is going to start in the front row or do you think he's going to be a bench forward?
1: I think Marty plays his best footy when he's coming off the bench and, and impacting the game that way. I don't know. So they've got Payne. Who else would that? They, they've got Flegler uh, to potentially start there as well. Um, Carrigan, obviously, wearing the 13. So I think maybe potentially off the bench, Marty T'Powell, um and his impact uh, will probably best suit their their style.
0: Well, this is the only thing I'm thinking, mate. Um, as well, there's a guy we're sort of forgetting about here, Kobe Hetherington. He played some really good games at lock forward. Um I would almost consider moving Carrigan to the front row. Then you start with pass and Carrigan in the front, you have Kobe Hetherington in the 13. Uh, and yeah, well, obviously that still leaves Martin to power off the bench, but I wouldn't mind that sort of forward combination there. Um, are you considering starting Kobe Hetherington? Uh, obviously he's injured for the first few rounds, but when he comes back, is that something you'd be thinking about or is Kobe Hetherington more of a uh, more of an impact off the bench as well?
1: Uh, yeah, look, it, it's an option for for them. That's for for sure. But I just think uh, Paddy Carrigan, um, you got to have him out there for as long as possible. And in that lock forward position, he can he uh, can play f- extra minutes there. We saw in Origin just what he did in that lock forward position. So I I wouldn't um, move him to to fit Heatherington. I think Heatherington coming off the bench is just fine with his ex- little bit of extra uh, leg speed and. Uh, ruck speed to change the game and the momentum of it uh, but it's definitely an option they've got and that's a, that's a a good thing um for them for sure that they've got options there to to tinker with if things don't work they can go try a different route uh with with Brisbane we probably haven't said that um over the last couple of seasons it's been very one-dimensional um with where they're going to succeed so the fact that they've got options and, and different ways to play is definitely um good signs for for Brisbane that's for sure
0: I totally agree. Um, now, I think before we get into the losses, we've sort of got to talk about this one because it's with Brisbane um, and it's a bit of a double whammy as well, a, a double sword to the chest here for Brisbane. Tom Flegler and Herbie Farmworth have signed with the Dolphins for next year as well. Um, had to bring this one up because it is huge. I know it's not for this year and I know we're doing the previews for this year, but talk to me about the impact that is going to have on this Broncos outfit Going into twenty twenty four,
1: yeah, they're, they're big losses. Uh, Herbie Farmworth is, was exceptional last year before he uh, fractured his elbow. Uh, then he, his performances at the World Cup for England were phenomenal. Uh, you know, I think a lot of clubs were were looking at Herbie Farmworth. I, I did hear uh, whispers with uh, Canterbury, uh, the Tigers, even the Roosters at some sta- at one stage, and and the Dolphins were able to get his signature. So that's that's a really good signing for them. Uh, and Flegler as well is an origin middle. so um, but I don't think it'll impact them this season. Uh, I think the fact that their contracts are done, they're sorted, they're out of the way early in the year. Uh, they know that they've got 12 more months at the Broncos and uh, they'll be hundred percent committed to to hopefully for the for the Broncos getting them back to finals footy and, and competing and restoring their their dominance in in the competition.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. And I can't wait to see uh, how that one goes for them. And uh, look, for me personally, I think that Herbie Farnworth and uh, Tom Flegler are great signings. I mean, Herbie Farnworth as well potentially could play fullback for them coming into this side. I know they were looking at Stephen Crichton to, to, to make that role um, for them. Uh, Herbie Farnworth made it clear how he wants to play fullback. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up in that team. Tom Flegler as well, as you said, an origin middle. Um, and... Look, to be honest, depending on how their depth goes this year, I think he's going to make the squad yet again. I think he's a fantastic footballer, Tom Flegler, and just an absolute goer. One of your more, I would say, almost old-school front rowers as well. Um, and a great player, Tom Flegler there. So great signings. Herbie Fineway and Tom Flegler. Let's talk about this year, though. Some of the losses for the Brisbane Broncos. Jermaine Asako left for the Gold Coast during the year but has signed with the Dolphins. Uh, David Mead and Jay- and Ryan James have retired Uh, Tamari Martin has gone to the New Zealand Warriors. Tamari Martin to the New Zealand Warriors. Talk to me about this one because he provides such a lot of experience. And I think that for the Brisbane Broncos in terms of versatility, um, I think it's a little bit of a hit hit there, losing a guy like Tamari Martin. Um, Talk to me, where do you think he... I will talk about him at the Warriors when we get to the Warriors later on. But um, where would, would you say Tamari Martin if he was still at the Broncos, where would you have seen him end up in this team?
1: Uh, I think the fact that uh, Reese Walsh probably signed would mean that he would probably fall out of their their top. They're definitely starting 13. Maybe there's a spot for him on the bench, uh, but they've they looked to to improve their roster and, and they believe that Reese Walsh was a better fit at fullback for them. And, um, I think Martin going to the Warriors that we'll touch on later is a great pickup for them. Uh, but you know, it is a loss. He's an experienced uh, campaigner. He's played in a, in a grand final before. So, you know, it's a, it's a loss for them, uh, but they've got uh, the players that have replaced him and, and they haven't um, sort of let go a key spine player and a key playmaker and not been able to replace him at all. They've still, they've, they've recruited well in, in those positions. And although he's a loss, um, you know, if you, I'll I'll ask you this: if you had Reese Walsh or Tomato Martin, which one are you going to pick and have having your side?
0: Looked for me totally Reese Walsh. I think young as well, you know, fresh legs. I think that's always an up. Uh Tomato Martin would still probably be in my seventeen. I'd probably have him at fourteen. I know they've obviously got the hookers, the hooker sort of rotation. Uh, but I probably would still have him regardless at my 14. If he was still at the Broncos, I think he's too good not to have in the 17. Uh, you know, or even just a Josh Reynolds role where he's one of those guys that just picks up the guys around him in in his squad. So, yeah, look, I think it's a big loss in terms of experience, but I, I sort of agree with you there. I think that I'd rather have a guy like Reese Walsh um, sitting at fullback. Um, Tessie knew. Now, obviously, with all of these losses... Most of the guys are going to be having starting or bench roles in their, in their sides, the thing about all of these losses, well, most of these losses, obviously other than the ones that have retired or been released, are going to have starting roles at other clubs and probably would have maybe started for the Broncos if they had stayed. But then I look at all of these losses, right. And, you know, I think while, you know, they're big losses, you know, I think it was necessary in terms of the side they're building. Going into the next few years, uh, I mean, I'll read out the names now. Jermaine Asako, uh, Dave Mead, Ryan James, Tamari Martin, um, Brenko Lee, Yu, Tyson Gamble. Tyson Gamble's a big one for me. I reckon Tyson Gamble, oh, that was a huge loss. In terms of depth in the halves, I think that was big. Uh, I, I, like, I mean, I like how they've got Jock Madden. I think that sort of covers that role a little bit, but still, like Tyson Gamble, he's one of those guys that just picks up the guys around him. Uh, very vocal in games, you know. He's one of those guys um, that is, you know, growing into a leader while still young. You could definitely see those leadership qualities through him. I think he's a back massive loss, but still, I mean, as harsh as it sounds, necessary. Zach Hosking, Jake Turpin, Albert Kelly, Reese Kennedy, Tyrone Roberts, um, Tyson Gamble. Talk to me about that. What's your thought on that? On that loss and. Do you see him in the 17 for the Newcastle Knights?
1: Um, look, I, I think it, it's a loss in terms of it's a locker room uh, guy leaving, uh, but he's gone to, to Newcastle to take up an opportunity. Uh, I think there's no secret there was a little bit of disconnect between the coach and and Gamble, with a few of his comments that he came out and, and said in the media. Um, that could be a contributing factor to why he left the club, uh. But you know he's a competitor, competitor on the field. Uh, someone that the players would love to play with, no doubt. He's always in the contest, always in the fight. So, which is what Brisbane probably needed, uh, over the last couple of seasons. Uh, so I think he was good for them, but at the same time he was stuck behind Mam. Uh, Walsh came to the club, and the you know he he can play five eight as well. If if that's the direction they want to go, um, so the... The fact that um, you know, these guys are these young, young players are coming through and they're they're taking their opportunities, it probably just it isn't um there isn't that opportunity for Gamble to to crack that side and he's going to take an opportunity somewhere else. And um although it's a loss, uh it's it's one that um they can easily easily fix and um you know I think they'll miss his uh, competitiveness more
0: than anything he does on the field. Totally, mate. He just has such a competitive nature, and I think that he's going to be a massive up for Newcastle. I could maybe see, and this obviously depends on their plans with Kurt Mann, whether he plays 13 again this year or obviously goes uh, into that 14 sort of role and sort of slims down a bit um, and plays that sort of half-off-the-bench the roaming lock sort of role. Uh that I think that for me that depends if Tyson Gamble's on the bench or not. But yeah, a great signing in terms of that locker room guy, as you said before. Uh Zach Hosking as well on the edge. Mate, he played three games for the Broncos. He averaged 120 meters a game in three games. That is insane. That just that just sparks potential for me. I think that he's gonna be fantastic. Um what are your thoughts on Zach Hosking and, and talk to me about his impact he's going to have at Penrith. I think we sort of touched on this a few weeks ago, but um, yeah, how big of how big of a loss is he for this Broncos outfit?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic pickup for Penrith. They've, they've obviously identified um, the need to sign a couple of edge back roles uh, with, with Garner coming in, as, coming in as well. So, you know, I think uh, we did mention it when we spoke about, uh, Penrith uh, a little while ago that um, he'll he'll come in and, and uh, develop out of side I think we saw it in the World Club Challenge there's definitely potential there so um, it's just about producing it week in week out and you know in that Penrith system which is slowly or quickly rather becoming um, arguably the best in the in the game um, there's there's no reason as to why he can't go to another level and uh, for Brisbane you know you wonder why. Uh, he wasn't sort of getting the opportunities um and why that uh you know he was moved on and and given so little time uh to develop in in a Brisbane jersey
0: yeah totally i i agree i i think this loss is i, I don't know i would have, if i was the broncos i'd be keeping this guy as a young mongrel forward he can play in the middle he can play on an edge big boy as well in 3 games averaging Just over, I think it was, 120 metres per game. Averaging, I think, it was around 40 to 50 post-contact metres per game in those three games as well. That's a lot of potential right there. And I think they're going to miss maybe a little bit of that young mongrel. But they have got a few young mongrels. So many young mongrels that they had to let go of one of those young mongrels in T.C. Rabadi as well. Um, And obviously, Zach Hosking going to the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, I, I still think this one's going to hit hard, especially defensively. He was a tackle bot for sure. Um, but yeah, no, big loss there, Zach Hosking. Jake Turpin as well. I mean, I, th- I think it relieves a bit of a headache, you know, as harsh as that sounds, that Jake Turpin has gone because obviously they were sort of trying to work out that hooking rotation. And, um, you know, it was either him, Billy Walters or Corey Pakes. It's still Billy Walters and Corey Pakes sort of fighting for that role. Yeah. Um, and Tyson Smoothie, you add Tyson Smoothie to that equation as well. Like, fuck yeah! I think it relieves a little bit of a headache there, but they've still got one, and it's a good headache to have. I mean, they've plenty of depth in that number nine role. Um, who's your nine and who's your fourteen going into this season for the Broncos?
1: I think you you start with with Billy uh, Walters. Um, he's shown that he can do a job in that in that position. Uh, I think if you look at uh, which one can offer you more off the bench, when you've got two, two dummy halves, you, you can fall into a trap of just um, sort of starting the better one and, and then leaving the other one off the bench, whereas uh, Penrith displayed it so so well last year that they weren't afraid to to put Corasao on the bench because that's how he would impact the game coming in with the with the juice taken out of it. I think that's where Corey Pakes could could um impact the game. Even someone like uh, Tyson Smoothie a little bit quicker in and around that ruck and um, a little bit of craftsmanship, whereas Billy Waltz is a is a lot more uh, pick up, pass, make your tackles and and take the, the sting out of the game. So I think Walter starts and, and pakes off the bench for mine.
0: You would have pakes over, over Tyson smoothie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd like Tyson smoothie. I was really impressed with how he went in that trial match, especially against when a manly, I get it. It's a reserve grade side, but there was a lot of potential there. A the few minutes he got, you know, playing against the gold coast Titans. I thought, you know, while it was only like two or three minutes, it was a pretty decent two, two to three minutes as well. It was great for Tweeds. Oh, it wasn't Tweeds. It was um the Falcons, the Sun- Sunshine Coast Falcons in in Reserve Grade in the Q Cup last year. Thought it was fantastic for them. I think he's too good for Reserve Grade. Just quietly, I I, I reckon he'd be a fantastic fourteen. And whether that means, you know, Corey Pakes is the guy to miss out. Look, I, I don't know. It's a headache that I even I'm having right now. I couldn't tell you to be honest. Gun to head who is going to take that 14 role because they're both, they both are first grade number nines, to be honest, in my opinion, at least. Um, I tell you what, it's going to be more of a headache if Billy Walters ends up being an 80 minute hooker by the midpoint of the season. But um, yeah, look, Tyson, Tyson smoothie, he can also play in the halves as well, which I think is a big up in terms of, you know, who you're picking in that 14 Jersey. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know. I guess I agree with you, Billy Walters and Corey Pakes. Just do the first great experience, but geez, Tyson Smoothie, I think it's a bit of a rough one to leave him out. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see who walks out round one. But I think I agree with you. I think it's going to have to be Billy Walters, Corey Pakes, uh, but Tyson Smoothie, guys, definitely one to watch. Definitely one to watch in this side, uh, especially you know during that origin period. Depending on what happens with this side, he could definitely get a crack somewhere. Um, I think they really need to sort out their spine, mate. I think they really need to sort out their spine. Obviously, there's a bit of dramas, obviously, as we just said in the hooking role. Also, you know, there's two guys that can play 13. There's also about three or four guys that can play six. Um, Does Ezra Mam keep his spot all year round or do you see someone else hopping in?
1: Yeah, I think he keeps his spot. I think their uh, spine's pretty set for mine. Um, I don't see much change other than, um, with that Walsh injury, um, they've obviously not going to have their their first choice spine. I think the question is that the fact they've got options, you know, that's a, a positive thing, but I th- I think they've got their first choice spine, but it's just how often will they spend, um, time on the f- field together? How and, and it, that'll that'll go a long way in determining how successful, uh, the Broncos will be this year. How many games will Walsh, ma'am? Reynolds, Walters, and Carrigan play together. If they play majority of the games together, there's no reason why they can make that leap into the, into the finals. But if you know Walsh is missing a few games, uh, Reynolds has a history of, of missing missing patches throughout a season. Carrigan's going to be uh, withdrawn from the side during Origin. There's no doubt about that. So it's how do they manage that, and how do they maximize their time with with those players in those positions, and um, if they're able to do that. I can see them climbing the ladder for sure. Uh, so I think their, their spine's pretty set for mine.
0: Are you concerned about Renault at all going into this year?
1: No, I wouldn't say concerned. Uh, I, I think he's he's been managing little niggles here and there throughout the last five years of his career. So I, I don't see a concern. And if if there is um, a concern, someone like Jock Madden is able to, to come in and replace uh, Reynolds. But, uh, you know, it he's been dealing with with these injuries for a little while. The fact that he's able to manage them now um, and, and he'll be, he wouldn't um, have backed himself with the contract he signed if he didn't think his body could handle it. So um, I, I'm i not concerned at all. I think he, he's a professional and he'll be able to, to maximize his time in the field.
0: Yeah, totally mate. Well, I'm very interested to see how the Broncos will go going into this year. Um, and, yeah, look, I think one of the main things as well going into this year is just to blood the young guys in. There's a plenty of young guys we talked about, blooding them into this side, um, you know, and, yeah, oh, I think that the Broncos are going to go quite well this year. If It's a reflection of how they went at the start of last year. I see them probably going and getting around sixth to eighth. I think that's where the Broncos sort of land for me. Um, what do, Where do you think they sort of end up as their bracket on the ladder?
1: Um, well, we're going to go through our ladder predictions at the end of this. So, um, you know, I've obviously got them somewhere. I I can't wrestle on where to put them exactly. I'm still tossing and turning. It's definitely going to be um, 7 to 10. I think I think they'll either make finals or just miss it uh, once again. Um, and it, it all comes down to how often their key players are on the field together.
0: Yeah, look, mate, I agree. Now, I think we've spent a bit too much Time going through the Broncos. I know Den and Kemp would be happy, but we got to move on to the North Queensland Cowboys, mate. I'm excited for them, and I'm particularly—you made a point the other week about South. So well, obviously, when we weren't recording, um, you know that they haven't lost too many people, so it could be a massive sort of advantage for them going into this year. I think the Cowboys are pretty much the exact same, other than obviously Tom Gilbert and Hamiso Tabuifito, obviously going to the Dolphins. I've, I I sort of. Resonate with your point that you made the other week about South, but I, I would also, uh, I mean, I could see that working for the Cowboys as well going into this year. Um, Gains, they haven't got too many of those. They've got James Tiamo and Jack Gozaweski. They haven't gained too many guys. They also haven't lost too many guys. Talk about how advantageous that's going to be going into this year for the Cowboys.
1: Well, they've obviously backed their their roster. Um, I, I am a little bit concerned about the Cowboys. I I will be honest, and um, that's not me saying that they they've they're a very good side, and, and what they did last year is to be taken, uh, with a grain of salt. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I, I what I am saying is that so many of their their key players last season had career years. You look at Tom Did and he's never played better footy in his life. Uh, Nanai, Robson, um, they they were at at the top of their game, uh, drink water. Um, it's whether they can match it once again and, and stay consistent at that level. Um, and, and that's the, the, the tough challenge for um, the Cowboys moving into this season. They're not going to have, you know, I was, what, um, you know, I heard during the week that um, they're not going to have that surprise factor um, that um, teams are, are going to be a little bit surprised with how they play. Talk out of North Queensland is that they are happy being the hunted. Um, you can all talk you can talk it all you want over the summer that you know we're happy for, for teams to come and, and put a target on our back, but you know, you gotta stand up and deliver. I've seen a lot of people having them playing in the grand final. I'm a little bit concerned. I you know, it's not me saying that they're not they don't have the potential to get there, that they, they definitely do. But you know, I think we expectation on the Cowboys could, could just probably drop back a step. I don't know where where you sit on it, but I'm just a little bit cautious uh, with the Cowboys this season.
0: Look, Matt, I think even if they do drop back a bit, and and I sort of made this point uh, last time as well, the fact that the comp is so even now, you're going to see a big shift in who is in the eight and who's not. I sort of agree with what Guru said on Bloke and Bar the other day, that it could stay quite the same as it was last year. But then again, uh, like with how, how even it is going into this year, with some of the moves of players... Um, it's sort of evened out quite substantially, to be honest. So, you know, Cowboys, they could definitely drop, but they could also obviously go up as well. You know, and I might be giving you my prediction a little bit too early here, but I think they're definitely in the eight. I think that they're definitely... Oh, yeah. That,
1: I, I do agree with that. I, I do have them in the eight. Um, but just maintaining that level hmm. um, it is a concern. They're definitely going to be in the eight. There's, there's no doubt about that. Off the back of their defense alone.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I totally agree, man. I think they're definitely in the eight. They could drop off a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to be too much to the point where they, you know, drop out of the top eight. I think they're definitely there again. I think they're definitely going to be quite successful. Um, I think they're just going to keep what they were doing last year, as you said, just keep it similar to last year, match the intensity. Um, there's not really too much to say about the Cowboys, to be honest. I think they've just got to match it. They've just got to match it from last year. Um. We'll talk about the gains first. James Tiamo, um from the West Tigers. Obviously, for me, I think he'll be playing off the bench. They've got Jordan McLean, who's sort of the leader forward in that side. So I think that takes a bit of pressure off James Tamo. Tell you what, though, watching the trial the other week, James Taumo without that beard, he goes full mongrel. Without the beard, he just turns full mongrel. I loved it. Talk to me about James Tamo. Talk to me about the impact he's going to have on this Cowboy side going into this season. I think
1: Jimmy's probably over the last couple of years with the, at the Tigers is, um, you know, it's, it's been a struggle for, for him. Um, obviously towards the back end of last year, it probably wasn't, you know, his happiest time playing footy. And he's come out and said that over the summer that he's, he's regained that, that love for the, for the game up in North Queensland and, um what he did for that Penrith side uh is extremely underrated. His leadership in that uh 2020 campaign, um just mentoring those young forwards um was absolutely phenomenal. So he is now going to go into a very similar role um with with the Cowboys, with with a, a relatively young uh roster. Um, there, there are experienced men alongside him, which again, takes the pressure off him. So he can just concentrate on on playing footy. And, and that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I agree. I think that, uh, yeah, he's going to have a ton of pressure taking off him this year. Um, I don't think he's getting a captaining role, which, you know, sounds like a bad thing, but I think that it's actually, again, gonna take that pressure off his shoulders and just allow him to be him in this side and, and play his footy. And as you said, a lot, what happier up in North Queensland. Um, don't know what that says about you guys over at the West Tigers, mate, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. That's, <laughs> um, that's 2022. <laughs> um, yeah, look, um, James Chamo, I think he's going to have a decent year this year. As we said, a bit of mongrel in him. Can't wait to see that mongrel come out in round one. Um, Jack Gozaweski as well. Jeez, that's a name I didn't hear much until he signed with you know, with this team, I didn't really hear his name much after he signed with St George, and then coming over to the West, over to the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, tell me about the impact that a Jack Gozaweski is going to have um, on this Cowboys outfit, and is he in your starting seventeen?
1: I think Gojewski uh, when he um, played his best footy, it was at Manly, um, and he he showed glimpses. I don't know what happened when he went to St. George. Um, you know, they say that's where careers go to die, I reckon, um, with St. George. But um no, we'll mention it, we'll talk about them later. But um, in <laughs> all serious seriousness, um I, I think it's, it's a solid pickup for them to to have someone like um, um in the wings. Um with, with Nani um Helen Luki's coming back from an ACL injury who who they've you know, thinks a better footballer than, than I. Um, and that's scary. Uh Lua, um is there as well. So that they've got some depth in their outside backs and that and that's really important. Oh, sorry, not their outside backs, they their edge back rolls. So yeah, I think it's just a, a solid pickup that that um you know may go under the radar. you will come in and be able to to do a job. Um and that's what those cowboys cowboys players do do. Um is come in and do a job. Um And that um, could be a replacement for Tommy Gilbert.
0: Yep. Uh, I I totally agree, mate. I think that uh, he's going to be great. I think that he could definitely come in and do a job. The only thing I'm concerned about with him being an edge back rower, he hasn't got that much size on him. He's not really big compared to some of the other forwards that they do have who have got a shit ton of size on them, Uh, especially the Islander boys. You look at guys like Jeremiah Nanai and, um, some of the other guys in that team. Absolutely massive. Um, Jack Gozaweski doesn't really have too much size on him, but, you know, quite agile and quick for a, for a young back rower as well. Uh, we saw glimpses at Manly of the potential that he does have. So, look, I'm interested to see where he ends up. I really am. I really am. Um, is he in the starting 17 for me? I'm not sure. I think Tamo takes a the spot. they um, have got another guy who, whose name is escaping me, uh, who was injured for most of last year. Um, in the, Lukey? Yeah, Lukey. Helam Lukey, that's right. Um, that's coming back into this team as well. He'd take another spot. Um, Luciano Le Lua, I guess, frees up a spot. Um, you could almost count him as a loss, I think. Now, I don't want to say anything that's incorrect, but I think he's been stood down by the club, um, or at least is temporarily stood down by the club, um, you know, with some stuff happening, not in rugby league. We don't talk about that, but um, I guess that does open up a spot, but they've got a, a bunch of young guys coming in. Griffin Neem as well. Look, I don't know if there is a spot for Jack Gozaewski just quietly, but I think he can definitely work his way into this team because we know the potentially he does have. Um, now the losses for this team. Now, Dejan Asi went to the Warriors mid-year. Uh, and now has gone to the Parramatta Reels. Um, and then we've also got Tommy Gilbert here, um, who's obviously gone to the Dolphins, as well as Hamaso, wife Doe and Lemon Lelu. Colony Lemon Lelu. Bloody hope I pronounced that right. Uh, they've all gone to the Dolphins. Uh, and then Ben Condon. Big Benny Condon, mate. Gone to the Manly Seals as well. He is an absolute unit. He is a unit, mate. I saw, I think he was in one trial um, for the Manly Seagulls. I think it might've been the first one. He is an absolute unit. Big boy for a back rower. Um, I think he'll be great for Manly. Talk to me about the loss of Tom Gilbert, mate, because he was phenomenal last year. Yeah, he, he
1: was phenomenal. He came out of nowhere, really. Um, he turned himself from a um, bench forward in the NRL to, a, to an origin representative. Um, he, he was fantastic. Uh probably credits the coaching of, of Todd Payton and, and his coaching staff. Um and he's gone to the Dolphins to to take an opportunity. Fantastic uh for him. and it's a loss for the for um for the Cowboys for sure. Um I want to touch on um the loss of Arcee. I think he um is is a fantastic footballer that that they're gonna miss um greatly not not necessarily in their starting 17 but to have someone um of his ability to come in and um to play the way he does i think he'll be a a real star uh of the future um in this in the game and then also the loss of the hammer um he he was able to basically play the mr fix it role in their outside backs um last year and and you know you can't blame him for going off and, and seeking a a solidified opportunity at the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, that's another loss for them as well.
0: Look, mate, uh, and again, I think it was the same thing we were talking about, obviously, with the Broncos as well. Dejan Arcee, Hamiso, Tabiwai, Fido. I mean, big losses for the club, but again, necessary to look at the team that they've got now. Murray Tellaghi, another guy, for me at least, that came out of nowhere as well. Uh, obviously played for a few years, actually. Um, I didn't really see much of him. Uh, but he debuted, I think, now I might have to double-check this, but I think he debuted back in 2018. Um, and obviously he hasn't been in the side too much. I think he's had a few injuries come his way. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he came out of nowhere for me and, and really solidified a spot in that starting team. Um, so yeah, Hamaso Hamas Tabiwa-Fido, while a big loss necessary, Dejan Asi can play anywhere from one to seven. And again, I think necessary as well. So, yeah, look, a few big losses, a few big losses for the Cowboys, but necessary, and they haven't lost too much. They haven't lost too much, especially in key starting areas as well, which I like as well. And I think it will benefit them going into this year. Um, Ladder prediction, mate. I have them in the eight. Um, just, Just tell me, again, where you would sort of have them going into this year in that eight. Yeah,
1: not not in the four, but not dropping out of the eight.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I've I've got pretty much the same. I I had third to eighth. I think they could push for the top four, uh, but I agree with you, mate. I think bottom four I think is fair enough. But look, they they exceeded expectations last year. Let's see if they can do it again. Yeah, um, the New Zealand Warriors. New Zealand Warriors. I am excited for this preview. I tell you that for free, mate, because. I think they're very exciting. And the confidence they played with the other night, um, look, if they roll into round one with the same confidence, mate, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. You look at some of these gains, Baradini Coray, Luke Metcalf, Dylan Walker, Mitch Barnett, Chance to Good Clock Tamari Martin, which we'll talk about, uh, Jackson Ford and Braden Williamy. Braden Williamy, he disappeared off the face of the earth, Braden Williamy. He was at the West, uh, sorry, he was at the um, St. George Illawarra Dragons. Disappeared Careers. all the way
1: to the earth. Careers, they're going to die.
0: I know. And then he's di- and then he's come back. Now, I don't know what this club name is, but he came from Perpigan. Perbic, Perbignan. I don't even know where that is, mate. I don't even know where that is at all. The, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, he's come back, and he's at the Warriors now. Um, and saw a little bit of him in the trials. Didn't go too bad at all. Still got it. Still got it, mate. Um, but look, we'll talk about some of the games at the top of the list, at the top of the uh, up the chart here. The first one for me, um, and we'll talk about Manly obviously at the end, but talk to me about the impact of Dylan Walker coming into this team. He was fantastic at 14 for the Manly Seagulls. He's going to be fantastic at 14 for the Warriors, in my opinion. But you tell me what you, the impact that he's going to have uh, in this side. Yeah, it's a,
1: a very good signing. Uh, for for the New Zealand Warriors and they've recruited pretty pretty well. Um, I think that the link that Dylan Walker allows uh, provides for the halves uh, to play together. Um, he's, he's that ball player in the middle, which is able to get the ball a little bit wider uh, from Johnson. And, and there's still a little little bit of um, talk around who's going to wear um, wear that six jersey, and that's something that I'll go to you after this, but. Um, Dylan Walker, he's, he's very direct with the footy. Uh, he knows when to run. He knows when to pass. Um, and he's really developed a, a game which is well suited to that 14 role. Um, the 14 role has, has changed over over the years. And you have different teams try to um, do it different ways. Some go with an outside back there. Some go with a, a smaller forward to, to sort of do a little bit of ball playing. And the other other teams go for a nine. So he, he provides that... Uh, That attack with an edge of difference, um, and that leg speed in the middle middle third of the field, um, as well. I think he's going to be a big loss for Manly, um, and then a very good signing for um, for the Warriors.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about just how big of a loss he is going to be for Manly uh, a bit a little bit later on. But geez, he's going to be awesome coming into this side. Awesome in that fourteen jersey for me, right in there. Corey from the Parramatta Eels. Now. For me, I think it's a loss, a, a pretty decent loss here for Parramatta, but a massive gain here for the New Zealand Warriors, a guy that can not only play in the middle or on an edge, but can slot in at centre and do a goddamn good job at it too if there's an injury, mate. Talk to me about Murata near Corey.
1: Yeah, He hits hard. Well, that was one thing that really stood out to me in that, that trial of game against Melbourne, is how hard he just hit. And he just... Um, you know, gets stuck in and really just works hard for his for his teammates. And um, you know, it's a a good pickup. He's he's played in big games. Um, he's played in a grand final now. So he's coming into that four pack as an experienced um uh, player along the likes of um Barnett as well, uh, which is a good pickup for them. Um but yeah, it's a it's a really good pickup. Um, you know, he, he's gonna be their their hitman, um and probably their Jared Warrior Hargraves type of player just Come with me, boys, and I'll show you where to go.
0: Totally, mate. I agree. Maradine, Corey, definitely one to watch for the, the New Zealand Warriors. Um, Luke Metcalf, injured for the first few rounds, but, geez, what we saw from him in those trials, he is a talent. Now, we, we saw glimpses at the Cronulla Sharks, obviously. Wow, this guy is impressive. He almost was like a leader in this team at some stages of that game, especially in the first trial. Um, wearing the seven jersey and just absolutely killing it. Um, talk to me about Luke Metcalf going into this year, obviously when he returns from injury, and where do you see him in this side? That's a big question, mate, because the fourteen jumpers filled, the one jumper's filled reportedly, the six and seven jumpers are filled. Where do you see him in this in this side?
1: Yeah, I I don't know where where he fits. Um, he shows glimpses of talent um, and it's whether he can produce it week in, week out. Um, but I think as bad as it sounds, I think potentially biding his time in reserve grade will be a good thing um, to play consistently, to play, um, you know, regularly, um, maintaining that that match fitness instead of, you know, having a bench role and, and coming on and playing only a couple of minutes being able to own his craft a little bit longer. Um, and then if one of those key players, as you mentioned, go down, he's straight in, he's the next man in, and, and it, you know that he can produce performances week in, week out. Um, and, it, and it is exciting for, for the Warriors, the fact that um, they've got someone there who's just, you know, so cherry ripe to go um, and they don't have to rush him. Um, and it puts pressure on, on someone like Sean Johnson, who has um, you know, over the last couple of years has has entered a little bit of a decline in his career. There's a young, hungry uh, playmaker sitting in the wings, and if you're not up to scratch, I don't think Webster will be afraid to to say, um, go play some games in reserve grade where we're moving forward. Um, so I think it's it's a very exciting for the Warriors,
0: mate. Yeah, big question here for you. I've I know who I'm going to say and I'll I'll say it after but who's your fullback for the New Zealand
1: Warriors this year Nickel that for sure I think um, that signing is going to arguably be one of the best uh this season uh criminally underrated uh he's he's a top tier when he's on and when he's fit he's a top tier fullback in this game you saw in 2019 he was absolutely phenomenal um for that for that Raiders side and um, injuries over the last couple of years has has plagued him, uh, but yeah, n- number one, uh, CNK back in the war, back in New Zealand, back with the Warriors. Um, I think it's meant to be, and I think he's in for a ripping year.
0: i want to say something you don't like, mate. I reckon Luke Metcalf's my fullback, and I'd probably have Chance at centre. Um, I just think Luke Metcalf is too good to be out of this side, bro. I think he's way too good to be out of this side. And I know I sort of understand your comment, you know, keep him in reserve grade, get him that experience, get him ready. He is ready. He's been ready for two years for me. Um, I think he's just ready to go. And I think I would be giving him that crack at fullback. Uh, it, when he comes back, I think Cox Coxett will be there for now. I agree, but oh God, I think Metcalf. Uh, He he is criminally underrated. I think that he is definitely going to push his way into this team. I think it's going to be at fullback. I think they're going to keep SJ at seven. I think they're going to keep Tamari Martin at six. I think that Luke McCall's probably going to take the one. And I'd probably have Clock starred at center. He's played really good at center during the international games. Um, I, I, I like him at center. I think he'll have a really big impact there. And maybe even, you know, like a Joey Manu role or a Tom Travoy, which origin role, where he just roams and, you know, you give him that freedom and that freedom, sorry. Um, oh, I would have him at center, to be honest, chance the clock starred. Um What are your thoughts on that one?
1: Um, yeah, look, I, I, you know, I see where you're coming from. Um, I just think that this, the solidness of, of chance, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, and, and yeah, that Metcalf does have the X factor, but I I just like, I like the, the fullback to, to be his best game here and his worst game here. So, um, it's definitely something that, um, for the Warriors, the first time they've got options in that, in that jersey, it seems like. Um, but yeah, I, I like, um, Chance there. I think that's his best position. Um, and, you know, Metcalf, uh, it's just, um, you know, one of those things where he, he looks to get an opportunity at, at the Warriors and um, I think he might just have to wait a little longer.
0: Mm. Um, also, now, oh, look, uh, a big one for me, and, it, and this is one of the reasons I'd sort of have chance at centre, mainly because, you know, there's a lot of younger centres I think that having a guy who's played at center before, uh, consistently and at a high rate, like clock Clockstar, you know, a guy that's experienced in NRL NRL as well, being in the centres, um, I think that would benefit the Warriors more than if they had, you know, uh Viliami Vaila and, and Rocco Berry there again. Now, while those guys would do a great job, I think Chancellor Clockstad would be awesome there and it gives obviously Luke Metcalf the freedom to come into that side as well. Uh, And it just makes the side look even more stacked on paper as well. So, look, I don't know. Uh, What are your thoughts on the centres this year? Uh, Who are your centres going into this year? Are you going with the young guns in Viliami Vaila and and Rocco Berry?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think um, the fact that um, they've got those young players there, you'd probably rather... um, I I would lean that way. Um, also, looking at the coach Andrew Webster, um, you look at the fullback he's worked with for the last uh, four years, with it being Dylan Edwards, a very similar mould to to a chance. Um, he did a lot of the attack work with um, with Penrith over the last couple of years, so it, it would be a change of his his style a little bit to to have someone like Metcalf back there. But like I said, he's an X factor and. Um they'll they can go either way. Um and it'll it'll strengthen their squad. Uh in my opinion. I just think um go with the the tried and tested uh fullback first. Um and then if it doesn't work uh halfway through the year, maybe look to to change it up.
0: Yeah, look, um oh, I agree. I agree. I think that's I'd probably go down the same avenue. I'd probably have Chance center again. Um would you consider playing near Corey at center or do you think it's just not worth it do you think that they can't afford it or it's just not going to work
1: no nah, they've signed him to be their hitman in the middle um it, it, well in my opinion that's where that's where he belongs in this side that's why they would have brought him in so you know if they need to like like Parramatta did push him out on the edge i'm sure they um they'll do it if they have to um, with injuries and whatnot but they're no, just not not quite yet. Um he's their their man in the middle, their, their leader and want to move him uh to the edge.
0: All right, we'll talk about the halves now. tomorrow Martin and Sean Johnson. Is that the way you see it going for the rest of the year? Um or you know, do you see maybe one of these guys, maybe a cheeky prediction, maybe one of them falls out during the year?
1: I think this is where Metcalf makes his way out on the side in the six Jersey. Um, and I think uh, unfortunately Johnson, he, he's just hasn't performed over the last couple of years. And I think he may make way for someone like Metcalf to come in and play six. I think uh, Martin has the capabilities to to play seven and you saw how they worked together in the, in the first trial, albeit against a, a bunch of kids, um, which were, were rolled out. Um, they've shown that they can play together and they do have the ability to do so. I think they'll definitely start with Johnson, but um, if they're they're not where they want to be after say ten rounds, this is where I think that calf makes his way on the side, and I've got him in the six halfway through the season.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, we'll have to see how the Harvest pairing shapes up going into this year for the New Zealand Warriors. I think that it's gonna to be tomorrow Martin and Sean Johnson. I don't know if they're going to boot SJ that easy. I don't know, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, but you know, as I said, you know, your new coach, probably not afraid to make sacrifices in this team as well for success. Um, Jackson Ford, he's a guy I've been keen to talk about. He's a gun. Coming from the Dragons, where dreams die maybe, but you know, he might've been happy there. Uh, you know, if he was at the West Tigers, you, you don't know how that would have gone. Um, nah, but um, all jokes aside, Jackson Ford coming into this New Zealand Warriors outfit. Um, what are your thoughts on him going into this year? Um, okay, he is an absolute gun on that edge for the Warriors. And in those trials, he was great.
1: Yeah, it's a solid pickup. Um, you know, I think the, the fact that um, what you look for in an edge edge back row or... or um, a bench middle is is someone who can who can do a role, who can be defensively solid, um, and with the ball, uh, cuts it forward and, and um, you know, just works and, and works and works, and that's what Jackson Ford does. So anytime you can pick up a player like that and put him into your side, you, you're obviously benefiting. So it, it's a solid pickup. but I, there's not much um, more to more to safe. It, for me, um, it, he may go to another level. Uh, he may not, um, but it's someone that uh, you can sort of rely on to do a job.
0: Yeah, I agree, Matt. You know what you're gonna get, get him get from him each week, and yeah, as you said, solid pick up there. I uh, will go through some of the key losses here. Obviously, Cody Nicarima left during 2022 to go to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's now at the Dolphins. Uh, Matt Lodge left to go to the Sydney Roosters during the year. Still at the Sydney Roosters. Not sure if he's got a top 30 contract yet, though. I haven't heard anything to suggest otherwise, so I'm a bit 50-50 on that. Obviously, Jesse Arthur's left. We talked about him going back to the Brisbane Broncos. You and Aiken, obviously, the Dolphins. Losing Reese Walsh for the New Zealand Warriors. Talk to me. Talk to me about that loss for them and how big of an impact that's going to have on them going into this year.
1: Um, look, I, don't, I think I don't think it will have as big as impact as people are thinking, only because we just spoke about probably for about ten minutes that they're de- they sort of not debate their their headaches in the fullback position and in the key positions in their spine. So you have Walsh there. That's another headache um, that they have. So I think they identified that that Reese probably was heading back to Australia and. You know that was always was going to happen, and whilst they had him for that short period of time, uh, he he showed glimpses and he and he performed well in the Warriors jersey. The fact he's now um no longer there, they'll miss his brilliance and they'll miss that they'll miss um his attacking best. Uh, but as I, as I've said um over the last ten minutes, I think um if it is Nicky Costa that that, that wears the the one, um they've got a solid. Solid player there who who will do a job week in week out and um, control that defensive unit. And then if they have Met if they put Metcalf back there, they've got the X factor of Reese, Reese Walsh anyway. Um, so I, I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be as as big as a loss as people are thinking. I I don't know where you sit on it, but sort of what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, no, mate, I'm inclined to agree. I think it depends on maybe when they get to about round 10, as you were saying, you know, what happens with SJ, what happens with Tomato Martin and what happens with Luke Metcalf, obviously with chance as well, if he stays at fullback, it really depends what happens in the next two to three months, mate, round one has even happened yet. We haven't seen these guys play. So we don't know how much of a loss he's going to be until maybe mid year. Um, but look, it'll be an interesting one. It'll be an interesting one. We saw how good he was for Brisbane, and to be honest, how comfortable he was at in the Brisbane jersey as well, compared to you know his time at the Warriors. And I know it was only a trial, but he looked, for me at least, a lot more comfortable. Um, but yeah, look, we'll be very interesting to see how this spine shapes up, and you know if they are going to be a contender going into into next year. Um, some of the other guys as well worth mentioning before we move on. Uh, to the Sharkies, uh, Alicia Katoa, he's gone to the Melbourne Storm. Fuck, he is an absolute freak. He gives me Jeremiah Nanai vibes and he he debuted before Nanai as well. Talk to me about Alicia Katoa and his impact he's going to have at Melbourne and look how much of a loss he's going to be for this New Zealand outfit.
1: Yeah, he's, he's going to be phenomenal for for Melbourne. I, I mentioned it when we, we did the Melbourne uh, preview. This is one of the the signings which makes me most excited for this year. Someone like him, with with his ability, going into that Melbourne system, is just going to go to another level. Um, and you know, people are going to look back and and look at why the Warriors sort of let him go. I uh, just that I think it's going to be um, that Melbourne have just done another masterclass with with their coaching. Um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go to an absolute another level uh, this season. He, he's even saw it in, in the trial and the, the brief, brief um, glimpses that we got. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, and he, he is going to, is going to kill it at uh, Melbourne.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, man. I think he's going to be fantastic over at Melbourne and a bit of a loss um, for the Warriors as well. Uh, looking at these this losses list, particularly the bottom end of the losses list, but also, you know, you guys like Matt Lodge, well, obviously there yeah. was, you know, dramas there, but we won't talk about that. But Matt Lodge, Alicia Katoa, Aaron Penne, Jack Murchie, Ben Murdoch-Masilla, Damanis Louis. Damanis Louis hasn't been mentioned whatsoever. He's been released from the club. I think he's playing for the Dolphins juniors side, the Redcliffe side, uh, this season, where he played, I think, a few years back before he obviously signed with, the Raiders and then obviously with New Zealand, but God, no one's talked about it. He's been released as well. Um, they've lost a few forwards here um, in this side. Is, that's going to hurt them going into this year. I know they've got guys like Mitch Barnett, who we haven't even talked about either. Martinet Corey, Jackson Ford. They've got some guys coming in. Obviously, Tohu Harris has been great last year and uh, some other forwards in this side as well. Added for Blakes. Um, I think we talked for about 30 minutes about the spine, mate. I think the forwards is where they're going to struggle this year. Um, talk to me about how hard this forward pack's been hit.
1: Yeah, I think this is where the, the question marks with the worries um, sort of lie. Uh, you mentioned with how many losses that they've had and, and the gains. This is just all part of the the um, roster overhaul that comes with the new coach. I I think the the fact that Andrew Webster's um, taken the, the head coaching role. Um if we look at and it's probably unfair to compare the two if, if you look at you know we'll mention we'll talk about the Bulldogs later but Sorado and Webster you probably think Sorado's in front of Webster in terms of his roster um and, and this is the the challenge the challenge for for Webster to um he, he's got this roster here and he, he's it's slowly building um, and to take that to another level um it's going to take a, a little bit of coaching uh, to get it done.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I'm, I, I can totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, very interesting to see how this side ends up and how the forward pack sort of molds together as well. Um, talk to me about where you see this side on the ladder. Give us a bit of a a rundown as to you know all the factors and where you sort of see this team ending up this year.
1: Um, well, the worries they're so hard to predict um i just can't see them i just think i have too many teams who have improved who are going to improve uh this season ahead of them uh that i that i can't see them finishing anywhere but you know sort of towards that bottom four and and it's it's not the lack of sort of i think they'll they'll be an exciting team to watch this season but i just i just think too many teams around them have have made leaps and um
0: have jumped in front of them. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, Yeah. I've got them about ninth to 17th. Like I've got them in the whole bracket. I've got them in the whole bracket. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where they do end up. I really do. Um, I think it's going to take them a while to sort of get used to that pack. I think it's going to take them a very long while to get used to that pack. Um, the back line is something that I'm quite in pre- concerned about as well. But in terms of the spine, I think the spine's the thing that's going to keep them going. I've got them, I've got them, yeah, ninth to seven eighth, mate. I've got them in that whole bracket because they could just miss out for me. I don't think they make the eight this year. I think they could just miss out. They're one of those teams, you know, the comp has out a bit but they all could also be at the bottom end mate. towards, you know, where the dolphins could end up as well. And, um, you know, and where the dragons may end up, we'll talk about that a bit later as well, but, um, yeah, very, very interesting going into this year, mate. Very, very interesting. We'll talk about the doggies. I nearly forgot about the doggies. i tell you that for free. I nearly forgot about the doggies, but I didn't. Um, yeah, look, they've got some big signings coming in. The big one for me, that I am super excited about is Reid Marnie. Fuck, he's had an introduction into this team. He has been outstanding. Those trials, outstanding. His passing game, his kicking game at a dummy half. He brings obviously from Parramatta. Talk to me about Reid Marnie. For me, mate, I reckon signing of the year. Uh,
1: can I do you one better with signing of the year mm. in this club, Cameron serrato Um. Cameron Serrato is, is going to win Coach of the Year this year. Um, he is going to take this club um, to another level. Um, I don't know if you've if you've been seeing seeing it Les, but there's um, the the Canterbury media team. They've been releasing a doco um, every fortnight, and just the way he goes about building a culture, building um, an attitude around team first, individual second. It's just you know, it it's fantastic to see. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very envious of of the dogs that they were able to get his signature. Um, and I think, um, even even the Docker that was released, um, on nine now will show, um, just how much the players love someone like Cameron Serrato. He he gets everyone to buy in and believe, and um, you know. I think he'll be the signing of the year, but you asked me a question around Reid Marnie, just service phenomenal, defence phenomenal, um, and one of the best kickers out of nine. He was phenomenal in that trial. He's gone straight. Uh, he's been at the club for for a little under a couple of months, uh, probably about four months, and he's, he's the co-club uh, on-field captain um, alongside Matt Burton. Uh, he's got leadership and he's got, a, a great game which is ready to go to another level um you know if you think of Reid Marnie you probably think um he, he's probably ready for an origin debut just just unlucky to be stuck behind Harry Grant and, and Benny Hunt um in those position in that position of nine and um you know I would not be surprised if he's making a debut for Queensland this season because um you know he's he's fantastic
0: now this is gonna be a big mind fuck for anyone listening, especially Queensland fans. Um, but let's go down this little road here, this little scenario. Say Manly don't kick on this year, Turbo gets injured, Manly just don't play well. DCE's out, Ben Hunt moves to seven. You know, that leaves that fourteen jersey open. Obviously Harry Grant would go to nine. Just read Marnie get the debut. Oh,
1: I'll do you one better, even if merely are performing Ben Hunt plays seven. I think he should have played seven last year, even though they won the series. I think Ben, ben Hunt's the best seven Queensland has to offer. Um, so if I'm looking at Queensland to pick a side, I'll, I'll go Ben Hunt at seven, um, Reid Marnie at nine, and Harry Grant off the bench at 14. It's
0: a big call, big call. Harry Grant's still off the bench with Reid Marnie. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would probably say Reid Marnie would maybe at least play the first game on the bench. Harry Grant, he does have a great impact off the bench though. We've seen it for the World from the World Cup. We've seen it from Origin. Yeah, look, it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. That's a big call, bro, as well. I was just going down the theoretical road, but he's come out with some big calls, Hayden, mate. Um, really? Nothing nothing less from the True Blue Sporting Podcast, I'll tell you that right now. That's um, what I'm in the business for. <laughs> yeah. Look, no, mate, I, I I, agree, to be honest. I agree. I, I think that, you know, that's that scenario comes into play. We could see Raid Marnie grabbing that jersey. I'm keen. I'm super keen. I'm, seeing, I'm, gonna, I'm keen to see if you're right as well. Um, a, another thing we've got to remember here, and obviously he had a blinder, so it's hard for us to sort of go down this w- road of looking down, you know, Marnie's still coming into a new team with a new spine. It's going to take anyone quite a while to sort of get used to that. The fact that he's played that well as well in a trial with a completely new spine blows me off the, you know, blows my mind. But um, yeah, look, oh, I'm interested to see how he goes. I'm interested to see how he goes. If he can really joel fast, like he's doing at the moment with this spine and, and play some good football, fuck, he could do anything, Reid Marnie? He could do anything. Um, Hayes Perham coming into the side from Parramatta as well. Fuck, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He had a great game for the All Stars game. I thought he, and this is a bit controversial, but I thought he outplayed the troll in terms of fullbacks in that game. Um, but yeah, that 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 trial, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, is he still your fullback or? Are you going to go down the road of Avarillo, keep Avarillo there, don't fix something that isn't broken sort of route?
1: Oh, I, th- I think you leave Perum there and it's to future-proof the squad um, to allow Avarillo to have a full year at centre because you know when Crichton comes to the club that he's the fullback. Uh, that's why he's been signed there. He's been signed there to play fullback. Um whether whether he can do it or not, that's a different question. But that that that's where they believe that that he he's the answer at fullback. Leaving Perham there, I think you know he, you mentioned that he that he had a fantastic game in the All Stars game, but then sort of struggled a little bit at um in that second trial. You know, it's a trial at the end of the day. Um, the points don't matter. Give him time to to improve in, in that position. Give him time to gel, as you said, with with his. Um spine player, other spine members, um, and I just wouldn't be making a snap rash decision over one trial, um, especially if that's what you've been training uh, for all summer.
0: And I'm gonna get butchered here. I'm gonna get absolutely butchered. But even with Crichton coming in next year, you know, like if I had to, if I was building a team and I had to pick between Averillo or Crichton as my fullback. I'd pick Avrillo and I'd have Crichton at centre. I don't think he's a fullback. I think that he's played all right in some games there. Most games I've seen him there, I haven't been too overly impressed, especially in the World Club Challenge. I thought he was ordinary. Yeah, look, I would still pick Avrillo. I think that Crichton has been ordinary there when he has come in at fullback. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Are 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 you in the same sort of frame of mind or are you confident that Crichton's a fullback moving forward?
1: Um yeah, look, I think that's a conversation for next next year. Um I think the fact that they've definitely signed him to play fullback. Whether whether um do I think he can play he can play fullback, I think he's still got a little way to go in terms of um his ability at, at fullback. That's not saying he can't get there. I just think there's a little little few um attributes which need a little bit of improving. Um, in order to play week in and week out at fullback. He's definitely got that natural ability to play out the back. Um, so I think he, he definitely start and there's, you know, that's 12 months down the track. Who knows what can happen um, before then, but you, you know, you get the word out of um, the, the dogs and, you know, people are, are saying he's their man at, man at fullback and, um, and there's always this question about fullback money and, you know, is he, is he on center money? Is he on fullback money? He'd probably say he's on fullback money with what he's getting paid. So um, yeah, probably have him starting um, and leaving Avirillo to grow and develop um, and not make the mistake they have previously with, with
0: Mate, I I don't know. I don't know. I think he's more of a fullback Avirillo. I think that Stephen Crichton's more of a center too. It's going to be hard to get my head around, but I'm going to have to see it. Obviously next year to sort of believe it. I'm more of a see it, believe it type of guy. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. Really interesting to see the avenue they go down. I am very, very adamant on, one, on Kyle Flanagan. We'll talk about that in a second. But two, I'm quite adamant on Avrilo at fullback. I think that he killed at the end of last year. It's when they looked at their best. It's when they were winning, they were winning games as well. Oh, I, don't I think that yeah, I, I really do think that Avril is the at fullback. But anyway, uh, yep, differing opinions there. See how we go. See what happens later on in the year. Viliami out what a weapon! What a signing! What a signing! And we saw obviously when we commentated. Well, obviously it didn't come out, but when we commentated the um the penrith and, and st helens game we we sort of spoke about and we saw the loss of villiama kick out the effects of that you know they weren't as, as strong on, on on their edges they really weren't um talk to me about Viliami kick coming into this dog side obviously scored a try in the trials talk to me about the impact he's gonna have on this team this year
1: yeah i think it, it it's a great signing it, it adds spark to that Already damaging left edge. I will come back with you. Um come back to you with a question here. I saw Cooper Cronk mention potentially playing kick out on the right. Just to give Flanagan a little bit of um, you know, that left edge is already already humming with with the likes of Burton and and Fox. Do you do you look to move kick out to the right to to give Flanagan a weapon or, or do you leave him on the left? What do you think?
0: They've got so many options that I I don't think it would matter too much for me. Now, I think that, look, if I'm picking on whether Villiam McKee has playing on the left or right, you know, I, I think he's much better as a left-back rower. But they've got so many options. Jackson Topine. Um, they've got, you know, uh, Luke Thompson, who can play on the edge. You know, he's, I'm, I think he'll definitely stay in the middle, but he can play on the edge. They've got, you know... Plenty of options there. Andrew Davey as well. Davida Pangai Jr. I know he's been confirmed to play in the middle, but they, he's an option there.
1: Fatala Mariner.
0: Yeah. Raymond Fatala Mariner as well. Um, they've got so many options there. I think that it's not going to matter too much, but I think he is a better left back rower. But as I said, I think the X Factor is still going to be there either way. Like, could you imagine Burton, TPJ, or Raymond Fatala Mariner? And then obviously I, I reckon it'll be Alamotti. Um, and then I think adokar car, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty full on for any team to go up against. And then the other side, you'd have Flano kick out. Um, and then you'd have, uh, Avirillo and Jacob. Fuck. Isn't that just insane? Like that's just, yeah, that, that's crazy. The, the side that they've got. So either way, you know, it doesn't, they've got strike on both sides. I actually think as well, that Kikau being on the right is going to help uh, Kyle Flanagan fuck tons in terms of defense on that side as well. He's a great defensive halfback, but having Kikiao next to him is going to really shore him up as well. Um, And, and, you know, give Flanagan a bit of strike there as well, build up a combination with Kikiao. I think that'd be unreal. I think that'd be unreal, but you know, as right as Cooper Cronk has been in the past, they played him in on the left in the trials. I think they're going to stick with Viliami Kikau out in the left to to start the year as well. So look, anything can happen, but I think it's not going to affect them too much. Ryan Sutton, from Canberra, gun, weapon, love him coming into this side. I think he's one of their better signings as well. If I'm ranking signings here, it'd be Reed Marnie, Viliami Kikau, Ryan Sutton. I think he's an absolute gun, and I think he's going to do shit-tons for this side in terms of, you know, really bringing back the dogs of war mentality. And there's another dog of war here we'll talk about in a second. But Ryan Sutton, give me a rundown on what you think about this signing.
1: Yeah, it shores up there middle middle third of the field. It adds a lot of depth there as well. And, you know, they're, the way that the Bulldogs are going at the moment, they're, they're transitioning back to that dogs of war. They're reconnecting with their culture, reconnecting with the the past champions of the club only yesterday. Sunnyville Williams was back in back at Belmore. Um and, and as you said, he he fits that mold. So um it's a real cannery, cannery signing. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then you know, Franklin Pele adding on to that. Holy shit. I can't believe the Sharks let him go. Like that blew me away when I saw this one. The fact that the Sharkies let this guy go. Blows my mind. Blows my mind that they let this guy go. Um, They did get a young forward back, I believe, for Lockie Miller when Lockie Miller went to Newcastle. Um, But still, like, losing a guy like Franklin Pelé who got told, and listen to this, I think you've heard this one before, but I'll tell you anyway, and I told the, the people listening as well, got told to leave the gym because he was putting on too much size. Like, Talk about weapon, talk about absolute dead set weapon. Like usually that's, that's what they usually tell me. Then at one training, they say, Les, just, just stop. Just stop, mate. You're putting on too much side. You're looking too good, mate. It's enough. And I say, it's all, it's all right. I'm, you know, like it's just what we do. It's just what we do. But um, yeah, no, Franklin Poway talk to me about this signing. Absolute legend and absolute weapon as well. Yeah, it's,
1: as you said, he's a, he's a big boy, um, a very, very big boy. So, um, you know, he's going to have a lot of power. The, the question is how many valuable minutes they can get out of him, and that's that's the test um, for Serato. And as I said, I, I think any test that's going to come his way this year, he's going he's gonna to pass with flying colours. Um, so, that yeah, he, he just needs to um, sort of use his power and use his strength and, and maximise how much time he actually spends on the field. Is all good looking, you know, looking, looking big and, and looking menacing. Is all good, but you know, if you're not maximizing that time here on the field, then, um, you know, what's the point?
0: Okay, so we've talked about the gains here, especially the main ones. Josh Reynolds as well. We'll talk, we'll touch on Josh Reynolds because I think if I left that out, I'd get absolutely destroyed by every single Bulldogs fan ever. Um, the Josh Reynolds coming back, coming back to the Bulldogs. Talk about narrative, mate. Talk about narrative. Uh, it was the saddest day on planet earth for Bulldogs fans when he played his last game, obviously a few years to get back now, but coming back into this team, getting the top 30 contract, mate, narrative, absolutely awesome narrative. Talk to me about Josh Reynolds coming back into this side and is he a 14? Um,
1: Yeah, look, if you, if you think of players that, that belong at clubs, you think of Marshall and the Tigers, um, you know Smith and and um and Melbourne, you know Reynolds and, and the Bulldogs fit into that category. He is he is worshipped as a god at Belmore. They, if you ask any Canterbury Bulldogs supporter who their favourite signing of this group is, it'll be Josh Reynolds. Uh, they are the reception he got coming onto the field at Belmore. Um, in their last trial was was. It was goosebumps. Um, you know, it was it was fantastic to see that, that one player can have such an impact at a club. Um and he's a he's a cannery bulldog through and through. And although he did come to the West Tigers, you know, you you felt like you were robbing the Bulldogs a little bit of, of a cult hero. Um and now he's back there, you know, for their those guys, all 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 is well in, in the world. Um, you know, he's he's back there and um, you know, I think he just he, he has done enough to win the fourteen jersey and, and to start the season. Um, just for his energy alone and his passion for the jersey. So um I'm really excited to see how Reynolds goes um this season. I think he'll add a lot to to their um to their culture.
0: Yeah, mate, totally. I, I think that he, yeah, as you said, a cult hero in Josh Reynolds coming back to the side. Uh, it's gonna be insane. Um before we touch on these losses now, I, I just wanna touch on I'm not sure if you know this, mate, and I'm sure there's a, a bunch of guys that listen to this podcast that probably don't know it either, but I post about him all the fucking time. Um, there's a guy that's come in um, into the training system. He's been training with the boys for the past few weeks, Peter Breen. Now, he used to play rugby union uh, a little bit for super rugby, um, but he he manufactures his own kicking tees, and he, and he actually trains guys like... Um, Aaron Smith, who's quite popular in the rugby union franchise, you know, about passing, kicking games. He was working with the Melbourne Storm last year. Uh, you would have probably seen it on their page. He was teaching um, uh, Munster and, and Jerome Hughes how to kick. And he was teaching Harry Grant how to pass with the rubber bands and everything. Probably would have seen it during the year, but he's come to the Bulldogs and he's working with all of the players, not just the halves, but all of the players. I think that is a big balls move by Serraldo. I think it's going to pay off really well, especially when you look at the spine and the team that they have going into this year, getting a guy who's worked with a top dog franchise like the Melbourne storm coming in. I think that's going to be great passing games with the forwards as well. You know, I think it opens up the doorway for any of the forwards really to play in that look forward role. Uh, obviously that Josh Jackson has left behind. Obviously when we, when he's come and retired and we'll talk about that in a second as well, but I just wanted to make mention there, of peter brain and and, and the work that he has been doing with the boys and i think that's going to be a massive one uh but yeah josh jackson leaving retiring talk about cult heroes mate this guy was a fucking god number two mate If, if if josh reynolds was the king he would be the right hand man he would be uh one of the one of the top knights in that royal family mate he'd be one of the princes for sure um who gets the 13 jersey this Bulldogs team.
1: I uh, you mentioned it earlier. They've given the word that Tavita's going to play a lot uh in the middle. I think you just you let him go mayhem in that in that 13 jersey. Um and maybe it's a little bit different to how other teams view the 13 jersey and uh, get a ball player stuck in there but just let him put the 13 jersey on and just rip. Um, you know, be the the impact uh be the hitman, be be Tavita. Um and, and that's um but be Tavita in a system and be Tavita in a way that um you can maximize your time on the field um through suspensions and whatnot. Um if you if you talk about Tavita panga Jr. and when when he played his best footy, I'd look at I'd look to that stretch where he was at Penrith and who was at Penrith at that time, Cameron Serrato. And I know it's probably looking like you know, I'm I'm Cameron Serrato's biggest cheerleader at the moment. Um, but I just think he he can. If there's anyone that can get the best out of him, um, it is Cameron Serrato, and it is, um, because we've seen him producing a in a um in a jersey before, and um, the influence that he had there was, you know, second to none, if not only the coach. And you know, I've got my own opinions about that, but that's a a conversation for a different
0: day. But um yeah i think tavita's Tavita's the one that gets the license at 13. yeah it'll be very interesting mate i've look and i've seen on a lot of predicted teams especially you know your fox leagues and your and your nrl and nine and um some of the major uh, pages when they are predicting one to 17 so that luke thompson is the guy that's playing 13 for them um but look, it will be very interesting to say, I agree having a mongrel in the 13. I, I don't mind it because it is very different and unpredictable there having Taveta Pango Jr. play there as well. So be interesting to see who they do put there. Now, mate, talk about the Warriors and Andrew Webster having a clean out. Take a listen to this losses column here for the doggies. Brett Naden, West Tigers. Matt Dufty, Warrington Wolves. Jeremy Marshall King, Dolphins. Jack Hetherington, Newcastle. Paul Vaughan, Warrington, by the way, ran for 174 meters in his first I think it was 274 meters in his first game for the Warrington Wolves. For Paul Vaughan. I'm I'm blown away there. Anyway, Paul Vaughan, Warrington Wolves. Joe Stimson, Aaron Schopp, Gold Coast Titans. Matt Dory, Parramatta Reels, Corey Allen, Sydney Roosters, Brandon Wakeham, West Tigers. Aiden Sumanu Fagai. Um, Josh Cook, Reese Hoffman, Tui Pilotsu Katoa, all released. Josh Jackson retired. That is probably the biggest losses column that there is going into this year. However, I think it's one of the teams that could slide their way into the eight, and I think that they're going to be very, very successful going into this year. First year with a new spine, but very successful little report before we go into our, into where we think the Bulldogs are going to be on the ladder this year. Kyle Flanagan declares he's in for a big year. And this reminds me of the roster of 2020 for the Sydney Roosters. We look back, Kyle Flanagan, Luke Keary, James Tedesco, Victor Radley, Boyd Cordner was still there. Friendy was still there. He had a great team and he performed very, very well. A lot of X Factor around him. Joey Manu as well. Going into this year, he's got a few really decent backs around him. Karaz, Adoka, Car- Karaz will be on his side. We talked about this edge before, Avarillo. Avarillo and Kyle Flanagan combination, keen to see that. Uh, and Viliama kickout potentially. Or, you know, Raymond Fatala whatever direction they go down. Holy shit. Kyle Flanagan, is he in for a big year, Hayden? Is he in for a big year this year with the dogs?
1: Um, gee, I hope so, because, um, if there's two players under the most pressure, any game they go on a step on a field, it's Luke Brooks and it's Kyle Flanagan. I, I don't see any players that, that cop the slack that these two do, uh, these two get. Um, Flanagan has been a, sca- a scapegoat for everywhere he's been. I think the treatment he got towards the end of his, his time at the Roosters was, was poor from a. From a club who really don't do that to their players. Um, when he was signed by the Bulldogs for the first time, he was viewed as the savior, the the first signing of the rebuild. The first, he'll be the man to take them out of that that hole. But if you look at it, he was given nothing to work with. Then last season, at the start of um, preseason, he didn't. He played a couple of minutes in a trial. It didn't look like he was anywhere near um the the first grade side and then he came in at the back end of last season and played some solid solid footy so I just hope for for his sake that this year with with a little bit of strike around him that he can just go back to um being Kyle Flanagan and, and that's I've read um that that's what he's looking to do. He just wants to be Kyle Flanagan and, and play that that style and, and play um, like he did when he was was coming through the ranks because, you know, I think people forget very quickly that the raps that were on Kyle Flanagan when he first came to the grade. And, I, and I'd hate to see his career pan out very similarly to the way that uh, Luke Brooks's has.
0: Yeah, mate, oh, I agree. I agree. I think it has to be a big year for Kyle Flanagan this year. I think it will, will be. And particularly because of uh, reason number A here, the Sydney Roosters in 2020 and and the side he had around him. And then comparing that to the side he has around him this year, I think that he's got to go well, he's got to go well. Otherwise he's going to cop it and he's probably going to get dropped again. But I think the luck's on his side in terms of, and you might disagree with me here a little bit, but I think he's got a little bit of luck with him considering that they don't have much depth in the halves if he does go out. I think the best they could probably do if he does get dropped at the end of the day is probably Avarillo at seven. And I don't think they're going to go down that road again. So um, yeah, I think that's something that's, that's probably actually another reason he has to really work out. They've got a guy in reserve grade, obviously that they've signed from Brisbane and Kyle Oluopoul, Um, But I haven't seen much of him to be honest. So I can't really talk about how he would come into this side and Josh Reynolds as well, obviously at the 14 jersey. Other than that, they haven't got much depth there in the halves. So I think that's, I guess, one of the things he has got behind him, but I think he has to play well regardless. It has to be a big year for golf planning, and it has to be. Otherwise, we probably won't hear his name again. Um, where do you see the Bulldogs, mate? Where's Where's your bracket for them going into this year? Mine would be sixth to twelfth.
1: Yeah, they definitely improved um, from where they were. They'd probably take another step forward um, from twelfth. Their last that where they finished last year, uh, but um, I've got them just missing out on the eighth, um, and that would be due to um, maybe a little bit of bias, but we'll get into that later.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think that having a guy like Reid Marnie and Villiam and kick out there, plus you got the back line, plus a bunch of other factors. Like Matt Burton, I think their spine is pretty much too good not to maybe just make the eight this year for me. So sixth to 12th is where I see them. Obviously 12th is where they finished last year, as you said before, but I think they are taking a step forward and that's probably sixth to 12th for me. I'm going to move on to a side that is very interesting going into this year and there are a lot of dramas, a lot of dramas. The Dragons, mate. Fuck, Ben Hunt, he's under a shit, ton of, a shit ton of pressure going into this year. A shit ton. He, like, we talked about scenarios and who could miss out on Origin. Fuck, the amount of pressure this guy is going to have on him, it is going to take a toll. It is going to take a toll. He's in his 30s now, I think. Um, You know, and he has to deal with, obviously, Amone being out this year. Uh, Cody Ramsey, unfortunately, succumbing to uh, a disease which has, you know, ended his season quite early. Um, Fuck, they're under a lot of pressure. Sloan under more pressure than ever as well. Um, But Ben Hunt especially, mate. Talk about the pressure that Ben Hunt is going to be in going into this year.
1: Yeah, look, their um, their hopes ride on um, Benny Hunt. There's no Doubt about that—that that, um, the season of um, the dragons, how successful it is, or or how um, or whether they struggle or not, it is dependent on on how he goes. Um, you saw last year he basically carried that side, um, finishing second in the Dahlia medal, so he, can, he he can do it. Um, but yeah, look, I I look at the look at the dragons and. I just don't see anything. I, I just, I see a very, very long season for their supporters. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not looking, not looking good.
0: Isn't it funny though? Now I've got very strong opinions that they'll probably get the spoon this year, but isn't it funny though? We were saying the exact same thing, maybe not to the extent of, but the, the exact same thing about the Cowboys last year. And they got very, Very, very deep into finals, which is fucking hilarious for me and super ironic. Um, But, yeah, no, look, the Dragons. Fucking hell. It it does not look good. Now, a a big question for me. Obviously, it's going to be a big year for Ben Hunt. Jacob Little coming into this team, is he an 80-minute hooker? And, look, for me, no. But who else have they got to come in and play that? roll off the bench other than Moses Zembai
1: um, No, he's not an 80-minute hooker. I think we've seen that um, with his time at the Tigers, potentially a Sullivan, maybe to play a little bit of nine, uh, but he may have to play six um, with the Monet going. Um, so that's another question mark, really. Um, there's just so many question marks with, with St. George at the moment that um, are unanswered. Um, and I just think, yeah, little coming in, well He's a solid player. Don't get me wrong; he, he can do a job, but just I just don't doubt whether he can do one for for eighty minutes and and do it consistently.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. Oh, I'm super worried, so fucking worried because, yeah, as I said, that the next best best thing at the moment that they have is Moses Mbai, and. I don't think he's up for it just quietly. I think Moses Zembai past his you know, time when he was fantastic. I think he's well past that time on the wrong side of 30. Just don't think that he's that guy. Um, so Little, I think, to be quite fair, to be quite honest, will probably struggle this year. Now, they do have a guy. Now, I don't know if he's still in the top 30 or if, if he even is still at the club. His, again, his name escapes me, but he was a hooker for South Sydney. He debuted, I think, in 2019, played a season. Uh, he was there when Connor Tracy was there. They were the two guys that were really high-wrapped. Billy um, Britton. Yes, Billy Britton. I'm not sure if he's still there, if he's still in that top 30. But if he is, probably could get a crack. For I, don't, I don't think so. You don't think he's still there? No, nothing to so. it. Okay, that's a fucking shame. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Well, then, I, I, I don't know. Then, I don't know. It, it's, it's quite concerning. Um, talk about the gains, though. There is an upside if we do want to talk positive about these teams, mate. Uh, if there is an upside here, Zane Musgrove, fucking mongrel, mate. He was awesome in that first trial that he played for this side. Awesome, and I think that if he gets up. You know you're losing a guy like George Burgess, who's who's obviously retired. Um, 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 uh, was silly went to the, from the Chooks, to the St George, to the Dolphins. He's obviously gone too. Gozowski from North Queensland to go to North Queensland. Jackson Ford gone. Maguire, the the king of the Mongols. If there's a king of the Mongols, it's freaking Josh Maguire. He's gone as well. Um, Tarek Sims gone. Afro, uh, Alva, Alvaro also gone playing for France now. Um, I mean, they've lost a lot of guys in the forwards, but if Zane Musgrove gets up, I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried as I as I am if he doesn't get up, to be honest. They've signed a lot of guys who are aging forwards, which is a bit, a bit concerning. Um, the fact that they were looking at Sionic who is obviously the winger for, um, for the Cronulla Sharks at the moment, Sort of looking into him a little bit. Don't think they'll get him just quietly with with the current state of the club. Um, yeah, but look, if Zane Musgrove gets up, fuck, they're going to go well. Talk to me about Zane Musgrove.
1: He's obviously come from the Tigers, um, so um, you know, watch his watch his um, progress over the last couple of years. You know, with a keen eye, and um, it's one which has promise in it. And it does show glimpses, but it's just whether he can one with injury stay on the field and two uh, with suspension stay on the field. Um they're the two sort of question marks around uh, Musgrove and his game. Um but yeah, no, he's he's got the capabilities to be a, a menacing forward in this competition. There's no doubt about that. It's just whether he can produce it and, and that's the question with a with a lot of these um these players at um St. George, they've they've got the the question marks around them. And, um, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a bad place to be, but, you know, if, if you're at um, St. George and your back's against the war, it's a good place to be. No one's given you a chance. And, and as a group, you got, you got a big opportunity to, to, um, sort of get a seismic, a siege mentality going and, and really just say it's us against the world. No one's given us a chance. Let's give it a real crack and, and see how we go. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know with, with St George this year. I just I think this is their year to um to finally get that swim.
0: Yeah, mate. I, I, as much as I don't want to say it, I'm gonna have to I'm to have to agree. I'm going to have to agree. St George is just not their year this year. Um, Murdoch Macilla again. Talked about the the theme of aging forwards here. Um, they've got a guy called Nick Louis Toso from northern pride i hear some things about him haven't watched him at all so i can't comment on him um but murtadoc massilla again aging forward wrong side of 30. um that theme there of getting those aging forwards in uh but you know what mate i don't mind this signing in particular because we we're talking about you know how this side's going to shape up paul turner in the gold coast titans you can play halfback play five eight play center He can slot into places, mate. Um, You know, I think that gives them an option there for that six jersey. If, you know, Sullivan does end up playing that 14 role off the bench, playing or even starting at nine and you have Little playing off the bench at nine, you know, it gives them options. This signing gives them options and it frees them up a little bit. Do you see, you know, Paul Turner being in this starting site? Um.
1: I think probably Moses starts the year at six. Little starts the year at nine. So probably not starting the year. Um, but if, if, you know, the, they need a, a circuit breaker or someone to come in, he's, he's there and he's the next one available for them. Um, I just don't think starting the year. Um, they'll go with Turner, considering he only joined the club only recently. Yeah. yeah. yeah two days ago. Yeah. So. Um, to start the year is probably a bit too too big of a stretch, but um, definitely um, someone handy to have uh, to come in and, and to to impact the side if they need a, a circuit breaker and a, and a ball of energy.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. And as I said, gives them options. Gives them options going into this year. Um, talk about two losses here in particular because we sort of touched on most of the other guys. Tarek Sims holy heckers mate what a loss what a loss for this team uh he was fantastic fantastic for them sort of starting to get into a groove obviously then dropped out a bit and we started to get in a groove and dropped out a bit they moved him around a little bit had him in the middle and had him back on the edge then he wasn't even in the team at some points like it's a roller coaster of a year for Tarek sims and then to now be in the melbourne storm system will be fantastic for him and be great in terms of development. Even though that he's nearly 30, I think in terms of development, it'll be great for him. Um, but, you know, Tarek seems, talk to me about the loss that of him coming out of this side and going to Melbourne.
1: Yeah, it's it's one that which doesn't make sense. I don't understand why they would let him go out the door. Um, yeah, I just sort of don't understand it from a, a St. George uh, perspective. Um, the only reason I can is if it was... Was due to salary salary cap constraints, but if you look at who they've got, there's not really anyone who, besides Ben Hunt, which would be on on decent money. So, um, yeah, it's one which really I'm baffled at, and you know, I, I don't understand why he was he was let go. Obviously, doesn't get get along with um the coach potentially, um, not playing first grade as often as he would have wanted to last year, um. So he's got to take an opportunity somewhere else. But yeah, it doesn't make sense having a state of origin player leave leave the pub.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. And one of the leaders in the team as well, one of the main guys. You think dragons, you think Tarek Sims. And the fact that he's leaving, the fact that he's at Melbourne now, it looks fucking weird in a Melbourne jersey, tell you that for free. That you know, it, it did not look right for me. Sort of had hard to get used to it a little bit before I warmed up to it, but yeah, fuck. It's a big loss for them. And then we talked about the King mongrel in Josh Maguire. Like, tell me about this loss. Now, obviously, he was suspended a little bit during the year, but he fucking got this side up, particularly when they were looking for a nine as well during the year and he stepped in and played a little bit of hookah and then went back into the front row. Talk to me about Josh Maguire and the loss. He, I, think, I, I think he is a substantial loss for me because... We talked about who is going to be the main guy on this forward pack, and he was pretty much for them. But obviously, when he was suspended, I thought that he was awesome for them, awesome for them, and a key mongrel in that team, and something they did need, even though a veteran, they needed a mongrel. So talk to me about Josh McGuire as a loss.
1: Yeah, I don't see it as a as a loss. Um, spending a lot of time on the sideline, it um, was probably... Transitioning out of uh, first grade as well, so you know, it, in a in a, a scheme of sorry, if we're looking at it in terms of um, around training, yeah, it's a loss, but um, I'd rather have the the younger younger players at St George have the opportunity than rather rather than giving games to to Josh McGuire just because he's a veteran. Um, I just think um, the game was moving in a, a different direction um, and the move to the Super League and over to England is, is the best thing for for him as well.
0: Yeah, oh, look, I mean, I can, I can agree, but at the same time, mate, they needed the mongrel. They needed the mongrel in that team. They needed someone to, especially in the forward pack, to just get up and fucking yell at people and hit hard and, you know, run hard, even though a smaller bloke, even though an older guy, just a fucking mongrel. I think that it is a little bit of a loss for them. I think that their, their forward pack, to be honest, and no disrespect to the Dragons, is a bit melancholy now. I mean, other than Blake Lurie, I mean, it's quite melancholy, the forward pack now. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt not having a spine, not having a forward pack behind the spine that they do have. For me, mate. And I think you can concur spoon this year for the dragons. What are we thinking? Yep.
1: The spoon for St. George hook to be sacked in, in 10 weeks. And, and by the end of it, by the start of next season, Dean Young and Ben Hornby will be back at the club.
0: There you go. Big calls, big calls by the H man, the true blue sporting podcast, mate. This is why he's here for the big calls, mate. This is why we, that's this is why he's here. Um, now, The last team before we get to the big ladder prediction at the end. The Manly Seagulls, mate. What a team to finish on as well. Um, The gains for this team. Kel Maturulagi, Ben Condon, Cooper Johns. Now, talk about Cooper Johns because his trials have been fucking unreal to the point where I'm almost considering moving Jake Travoy, to the front row. You know, Shusha to 13 and you bring this guy in to play six. Thoughts on that? Do you agree? Do you think he's going to be in a 17 at some stage?
1: Um, You say almost doing it. I'll be doing it um, right away, I think. Um, Anyone who has watched a game of rugby league or or while Cooper Johns has been on the field with me knows that I rate his ability, um, and that's just not because of the last name. I think he's got very good... um, sort of ball playing ability uh, he's a very good playmaker um and, and i think that that he is is going to be a long-term half for, for manly and the move back to manly is going to do his career the world of good i think shushta wasn't overly impressive at, at the six and and that his frame is a, enables him to to play 13 and and would handle it comfortably, and then Jake Chaboy, which is a competitor who will just kill it where, wherever you put him. You could put him at fullback, and he'll do a job. So, um, yeah, I think it's a move that I'd strongly be considering. Um, and I'd be making the move. Uh, Shuster out for the first couple of weeks with with a little calf strain. So uh, Cooper Johns gets first crack at the six. Uh, so it's just um whether he takes that opportunity, and then based on. The, the first
0: two weeks, you you look at the side and reassess uh, from there. Mate, I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, yeah, uh, Cooper John, see how he goes in that first crack. But um, for me, in terms of Manly's success this year, there's, there's two main factors. There's two main factors, I think, that are going to really determine how Manly go this year. The first one, Tom Travoy, which is fitness turbo has got to be in the team, whether it's a fullback or whether it's rumored to be at center. I think he's got to be there. I'll, I'll ask you about that in just a second. But I think the second thing as well, you talked about this guy before, but Dylan Walker, how they recover from not having his leg speed uh, and just a guy like that coming off the bench. But first of all, Tom Trevojevic, how are you handling his return? Are you bringing him back straight away? So this is this is the sort of the three options that I would have for Tom Trevojevic. Obviously, Manly fans are keen to see him straight away back in the fullback jersey. That's number one. Obviously, at center where he's been rumored. For me, if I'm if I'm Anthony Seibold or Shane Flanagan, I would be starting him at 14, starting Ruben Garrick at fullback and just slowly increasing Turbo's minutes, slowly bringing him back into this team. They're in no rush here. They're in no rush. I'm not seeing Manly as a top eight contender. I'm not saying Manly is something, some club that can push for a grand final. If Tom Trevojevic is fit, 100% they can do that. However, I'm not seeing that that's the trajectory they're going this year. I'm more worried about Tom Trevojevic, you know, how he comes back into this team. Because if he's out for the remainder of this season, you know, or he's out for extended periods, Manly will struggle. They will really, really struggle, uh, even though they've got a really good, Replacement fullback in Ruben Garrick. I feel like without Tom Travojevic, they haven't got much else. So, you know, firstly, you know, where are you? How are you bringing Tom Travojevic back? And then, secondly, um, you know, how many minutes are you giving Tommy Turbo?
1: Um, as soon as Travojevic is ready, I'd play fullback. Um, Manly with Tom Trebolyevich in the side, are a premiership contender. Whether that's we 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 saw it um in twenty twenty one that season he had was was phenomenal um when he is is in the side and he's healthy and he's fit they can win a premiership um and it will be a case of not looking to rush him back in uh because I don't think that's the smartest idea as well but it, when he is ready. Um, the first week, he's your number one. He's your main man, and he goes into that fullback jersey. I don't see um, a move to centre being realistic. I don't see a move to fourteen. I just i I don't think that makes sense. I, I, the way I see, him, if he's fit to play centre, he's fit to play fourteen. He's fit to play fullback.
0: Are you playing him at reduced minutes? You know, obviously when the troll, you know, was sort of coming back in, they sort of played him for about or when he was transitioning into fullback, I should say, they sort of gave him like, you know, 60, 70 minutes, sort of increased his minutes slowly and then obviously brought on Taff. Do you see that sort of happening for Manly or is it just 80 minutes?
1: No, I think 80 minutes of fullback. I think it's the only way that... I I think it's the only way Manly can be competitive is if Chom Trebojevic is playing 80 minutes of fullback. And I understand that, um, you know, you're looking after... Um, Chrobrowicz and you know that hamstring. Everyone knows um, sort of the damage that it's had and, and what how vulnerable it is and the importance to get it right. Yeah. But if they if they're to do anything this season, he needs to be on the field. And if it's no Chrobrowicz, it's no Manly. Um, and I I think Manly supporters would rather maybe wait a couple extra weeks if he doesn't come back right away. Take a little bit of time with him. Don't rush him to play um, reduced minutes. We want the full Tom which to play 80 minutes when he's ready. And if he's ready in rounds, if he's ready to go 100% in round 10 rather than he's his 60% in round six and we're going to slowly build him up, I think um, Manly supporters would go, we want him 100% at round 10.
0: So... Say, say he's like seventy percent in round one. Are you just playing Garrick at fullback.
1: What's well, the thing? If he's not one hundred percent, I wouldn't play him. That. Hmm. Because right. it's just too—it's too risky. And and these ga- and the games at the start of the year, whilst they're important in setting up your season, you don't want Chabovich to go down round one
0: hmm.
1: with another hammy. It, it would just derail their season and and it would derail his career once again.
0: But, but that's but that's sort of my point, mate. Like, I, I totally agree. Like, he's got to be 100% to bring him back. Um, but I think that while that's the case, if he's not playing football for 10 rounds and you bring him back in round 10, that's 10 rounds of match fitness that he's missed. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I, I, I do get the point of, yes, wait till he's 100%. Totally agree. But I think you got to condition him as well, mate. You've got to have him, you know, whether that is, as I said before, made the point before, you know, coming off the bench and playing 30, then 40, then 50, then 60, then 70, and then eventually 80 minutes. I think that if if there is a way of bringing Turbo back, it's not straight away for 80 minutes or it's not what keeping him out of the side until he is 100% because, you know, not match fitness means not playing well. And sometimes not much fitness also means more chance of injury, high risk. It's it's very high risk, high reward, no matter what way you go about it. But I'd sort of be leaning towards, you know, that slow bench sort of recovery rather than him not actually playing and then coming back and, and lacking that match fitness, because then I think that then again, he will probably get injured. Um, would you even consider, you know, while he's not ready. Playing him in reserve grade for a few weeks, and you know, just letting him sort of play there in a bit of an, I would say, easier comp, and just let him sort of keep the match fitness, and then when he's 100, move him back up to first grade, or do you just think, you know, keep him? Yeah, I
1: just, I just think um, if if he's ready to play, he plays first grade, and he plays fullback. I just I can't see any other other way to, um, I just would would hate the idea of playing him off the bench at seventy percent just to keep his match fitness match fitness up and he goes down injured because it's because he's not ready. I just think it, it it this this recovery and the comeback from this injury is the most important out of all of them. He, he's He's tried so hard to get this one back that if it was to to be rushed and and rash decisions were to be made and you know he's, he's for like you know he's placed on minute minute restrictions. I just think it would um, it just runs the uh, I believe an unnecessary risk. Um, and yeah, I just I think if he's a hundred percent, he plays fullback, and I don't know it's definitely it's definitely something which um, they're gonna have to look into and, and a big talking point moving forward for, for me, me
0: massive talking point mate and we'll see if he's named tomorrow it's teamless Tuesday tomorrow mate so we'll see what happens tomorrow um we're recording this on Monday night so we'll find out for sure tomorrow when this podcast does come out you know it, what these sides do look like um but yeah and look very interesting talking point mate very interesting We'll quickly touch on the impact or sorry the loss of uh dylan walker in this side and um you know what what's what's the 14 jersey going to look like mate going into this year are you just chucking a forward there um look how is this how is this going to change here what's the what's the you know what are they losing in dylan walker and who takes the 14.
1: um well as i said with with dylan walker in the worry section. Um, they're gaining a um, a link from, from one half to another. Uh, his, his ball playing is fantastic. Um, so they're, they're going to miss that, Manly. In terms of the 14 jersey, it's looking like it's going to be KO weeks, which is going to get the start there, which I think is a good decision. I think he, he's got a, a lot of ability. Um, and it's going to be interesting if he's, he's played in a similar role you look at seabody he, he traditionally didn't really carry a 14 he liked carrying an extra sort of dummy dummy half or, or when he was at south when he had cook he just ran with the four forwards on the bench so that's another thing to consider i would i would look at ko weeks but um wouldn't be surprised if they named four forwards either
0: yeah look very interesting mate Ko weeks an absolute weapon Last thing to talk about here for Manly before we go on to the latter prediction for this year from both of us, mate, Kieran Foran. Fucking hell, this is a big loss here and and something not many people are talking about either. We're talking about who's going to take the sixth. We're not talking about the guy that left it up for grabs, Kieran Foran. Talk about the loss uh, for him uh, or Manly uh, losing a guy like Kieran Foran.
1: Yeah, Kieran Foran and, and his combination with Cherry Evans was – you know, fantastic for, for so many years. Um, and, and we saw the best of Cherry Evans when, when Florin was, was next to him. Um, and it's going to be a big loss for them and, and big shoes for, to fill for whoever does fill them. Um, so, yeah, I, it it's, yeah, like you said, no one's really talking about the loss of Kieran Florin and the impact that's going to have not only on the, on the field, but I think off the field as well. Um, Kieran Florin w- was manly, um, and um, a very, very big and influential member of that um, that locker room. And now that he's gone, it, it isn't, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a loss for sure.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. We'll see how they recover from that one. We'll see how Manly will go this year. But that is the season previews done and dusted. Let's go on to these ladder predictions, mate. And since you are the guest, I will let you go first. Give us your ladder, mate. One all the way down to seventeen.
1: So we're going from one to seventeen. Yep. Um, so I think the Sharks are going to be the minor premiers. Um, I think they've they've got the the game style which suits regular season well. Their their question mark is whether they can take it another level um, and and do something in the finals. Roosters in second. Um, Penrith in third. Um, I've got South rounding out the four and. Um, South will be my premiers um, for for season 2023. Cowboys just missing um the four and fifth. Storm. Uh, Melbourne Storm in sixth position. I've kept Parramatta in the eight at seventh, but I can I can see them dropping out. A little bit of bias here in this prediction, but I've got Tigers to to break their drought um, and to make the eight. I just think that the impact of Sheen's Benji and Robbie um is is phenomenal and um there's a, a sense of just um destiny um around the around the club and in the supporter base at the moment um dogs they just miss out on the 89th Brisbane at 10th the Raiders to to be the big fallers and the big movers in this year and finish 11th Manly warriors the Dolphins to finish 14th which I think may shock a, a few people I think they'll um, they'll win a few games and outperform some of the the teams who have who have been there um, for a while. Gold Coast in fifteenth, Newcastle and St. George will get their first boon since nineteen ninety-nine.
0: Newcastle very low. Interesting, mate. Interesting. I've got Newcastle much higher. We'll have a look at mine now. So this is a bit of pretty big call for me. I thought that Sharks at, at at first was a big call from you, mate. I've still got Penrith, however. I think they'll be the minor premiers, but they won't be as dominant in the final series. I think they'll probably lose maybe game two or three. So I've got Penrith still getting minor premiers. I think that really heavily depends on their hooking rotation and how that works out for them. And, you know, how they recover from the losses of, obviously, Abikora, a kick Kikau. So I've got Penrith at one. Sharks at two. Chooks at three. Cowboys at four. Rabbitohs at five. Parramatta at six, Storm at seven, Bulldogs at eight. That's my top eight there. Penrith, Sharks, Roosters, Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Para, Storm, Bulldogs. Then bottom eight, I've got the Raiders to just miss out. Then I've got the Tigers at 10th. I think they'll be dominant. I just don't think they'll be dominant enough to get into the top eight, Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I think they definitely could. I think it's going to be that three-horse race between the Bulldogs, the Raiders, and the Tigers. Then I've got Broncos 11, Knights 12, Gold Coast 13, Manly 14, Warriors 15, Dolphins 16, and then Dragons 17 to get the spoon there. So last place, I do agree with you there. So two very different ladders, mate. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how all of these teams go um, in 2023, but our Ladder predictions are here, and I will hold you accountable, mate. We'll see how they do go at the end of the year. Um, now I've got a question, and I might throw you a little bit off guard because um, we are going to do a little shout out here, mate. Do you love your Oz tag?
1: I do. I got back into it um, this year. Played with a, a group of mates. We didn't. We didn't go the best, but you know we had a had a bit of fun. That's mm-hmm. for sure
0: yeah well if you love your oztag mate now do you love the beach as well are you a beach guy Are you are you keen for a bit of bit of suntan mate?
1: yeah of course everyone loves the beaches you're not australian if you don't love the beach
0: well if you love the beach mate and you love oztag mate, get into evosportsco.com.au they're selling all of their oztags they're selling some awesome oztag kits You get tags, you get belts, you get uh, cones as well to set up the game and you get a, and you get a waterproof footy. Now there's always that dickhead at the beach. You're playing touch footy on the beach and he kicks the ball into the water, mate. Well, this solves that problem because it is a waterproof football. So you get cones, you get belts, you get tags, and you also get the waterproof football as well. Mate, does that just sound absolutely insane. Does that sound like the best thing you've ever heard?
1: Mate, that is phenomenal. It is. Exactly. It's exactly what's needed. They've found a gap in the market and they've, they've smashed it.
0: They have smashed it, mate. So make sure if you haven't already, if you haven't already, I'm sure you have Aiden, mate, because from what I've just heard, mate, I bet you have, I bet you have. Go to au and grab yourself a pair of tags and get this, mate. If it wasn't good enough, if you use the code BIGLEZ10, you can get 10% off. Mate, it's almost robbery. 10% ten, off.
1: 10%? 10%. Mate, they may as well give it away for free.
0: Oh, exactly, mate. They may as well give it away. It's robbery. It's robbery. 10% off these tags. Evosportsco.com.au. Family business, mate. You got to support it. Get in there. Get some tags before time runs out. les 10 Thanks for hopping on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to do these season previews with you and can't wait for the next little collab that we do in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me and, um, you know, enjoy the season that's ahead and um, I'll see you when the Tigers are lifting the trophy.
0: Totally, mate. And I'll be keeping you accountable for that, lad. I'll tell you that for free. I'll be keeping you accountable, mate. We'll be going back. We'll be going back. All right. Cheers, brother. Cheers.